And this dude, Neil, is like, uh, hey, you guys ready? Doc crew, you guys ready? I'm like, what? He's like, we're going to take our medicine at lunch. I was like, what? And he goes, medicine? I go, what's your medicine? <laughs> he goes, ice. <laughs> and I go, oh, like meth? And he goes, yeah, bro. <laughs> like that? Way up. Ladies and gents, welcome to Ari Shapiro's Skeptic Tech. I should do this outside, huh? Yeah, brah. Got this whole Airbnb. It's like this cabin. Middle of nowhere. Echo Park. How many Central's paying for my Airbnb this time? I guess they should. Probably should have put it in for it last year and the year before. Spend all this money so I can come back to LA to get a place and film. And then, like, it suddenly hit me like, wait, how come the comics get hotels and I'm the host of the show and I don't get a hotel? And then my manager was like, yeah, you do get a hotel. We assumed you were staying with somebody. Um, so, yeah, this cabin, it's great. Middle of nowhere. They got the, I mean, whatever. It's all fine. Uh, it's at the very, very end of a block. And it's like, you get this backyard. And then you get the shower door. The best part. It's also cool because there's skunks around. There's a, a raccoon, a family of raccoons that I stay away from. The best part is that they have shower doors in the shower. Not the shower, not the shower curtain, shower curtain on one side, but then in through the shower. And then in the back, there are these double doors on the wall that open up. So then it's like you can shower outside. Guys, little things in life. Little things in life. <sighs> Did I have sex through the double doors last time? I stayed here. Yes. We open up the doors. There's no one around. You can you can scream. Well, you can't scream, but you can like get loud. You can get regular sex loud and do okay. On today's episode, day dance. Come on, man! I just woke up. First of all, no, I'll, I'm not even going to do it like that. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Everybody, Squarespace. Uh, it's a platform to make your own website. It makes it super easy. I've used it before. Um, I've gone on the Squarespace headquarters. Walk me through an entire way to build a website. You can build it in no time. You can sell shit online. Um, you can just make something to promote your own shit. I mean, but they have like uh, storefronts you can put on there. It's it's all drag and drop. It makes it super easy. There's no like HTML to understand. Anyway, uh, start a free trial today. Go to squarespace.com slash Ari. Um, honestly, and whenever I talk to comics who still don't have websites... Dan Soder better have a website. I bet he does at this point, right? Dan Soder must. By the way, if you ever want to get in touch with a celebrity, um, the best way to do it is just enter their name and then hit um, Gmail. DanSoder.com. It is there. DanSoder.com. Dan Soder. Not about fucking complete moron. Imagine that. Uh, he's back on the podcast, everybody. Talk, oh, wait. Well, let's first furnish off Skeptic Tank. I mean, uh, Squarespace. Squarespace is great, honestly. If you want to make a website, it's the way to do it. It's cheap as fuck. You don't have to deal with anybody. You don't got to deal with calling a webmaster and having them upload anything. You put galleries of pictures. 
uh, tons of different layouts. Like I said, you can have a whole uh, platform where you can uh, a whole page where you can like sell shit. It sets it all up for you, like super easy. So Squarespace.com/ari and um, build your website today. If you have anything, it's so fucking cheap. They're so cheap now. Um, then you got to pay for Squarespace, but you get a free trial if you sign up through through uh, slash Ari. So that's it, squarespace.com. Thank you for sponsoring the episode. Uh, also, I am shooting the next season of my storyteller show right now. The openings are crazy. As always, Jeff Tomzik is a nutball. We brought back that guy who made the, uh, the alien costumes last year, this guy Vinny, who's nuts, who's nuts, real artist, and... Um, yeah, they're good openings last time. Last time, all the openings were in order, like a, a long-form story, um, separated individually by topic. Uh, this time, should I surprise you or should I tell you? I shouldn't decide now. I shouldn't decide now, but they're great. But I had to spend th- four hours. It's supposed to be three. It ended up being four hours in prosthetics, getting a fat suit on. And I got to tell you guys, being fat's not fun. It looks gross on me. Um... Anyway, if you want to go to the shows, they are this coming, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. No, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 22nd through the 25th. If you want to go, fucking go. Here's how. Go to www.theblacklistnyc. That's theblacklistnyc.com slash T-I-N-H dot H-T-M. The T-I-N-H is for this is not happening. Get it? T for this and for not. Fill in the rest. What is the... <laughs> Remember that Simpsons when Lisa went to um, the Nationals for essay writing contest? And uh, she, they thought her dad helped her with it, her homework, and that's why she wrote such a good essay. And she was, they were like, uh, Mr. Simpson, uh, you're a VIP. He goes, mm-hmm. Um, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, what does a P stand for? And they're like, oh, person. Oh, great. Uh, one more question. Uh, what, is, what does the V stand for? And they're like, very? He goes, oh, yeah, yes, 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 of course. He's trying to fit in. And then he goes, um, can, can I just ask you that? Important. So anyway, if you want to go, um, there are cheetahs in Hollywood again. I'm telling you guys, I don't put on bad shows. And this lineup, there's not a single fucking weakness in it. I've had weaknesses before, but I went out of my way, so we didn't have to have them this year. I searched far and wide, so we didn't have to get into this thing where I'm just taking a girl or a ethnic person. I fucking found only quality, top to bottom. Great names, Stan Hope, Brian Regan, Russell Peters, Bobby Lee. I don't know who else, tons. Louis Anderson, Big J, Diaz, Kreischer. It's great. It's a great lineup. I mean, really. Dan St. Germain, the guys who you don't know, I know them all. You don't know them because you don't know, like, you know, all comics, but I do. All the ones in LA and New York, I know. And these are all great. Um, Bonnie McFarlane, Maria Bamford, Kindler, Greg Barrett. I mean, I've seen not all the stories, but almost all the stories. You're going to have a great time. So come. Uh, slash T-I-N-H. And if you want to. Uh, go to multiple nights. You can't go to multiple shows in one night. But if you want to go to multiple nights, put Jew in the referral code. Put Jew in the referral code anyway. And that way they'll make sure to get you in before they get in some random people off their um, 
off their like mailing list and shit. So I want like people who will like understand what the show is there. So if you're in LA, definitely come to a taping. There, there's 7.30 and 9.30 every night. I think Sunday is just 7.30. Um, Sal Volcano from Impractical Jokers. We have three non-comics. Well, actually, Sal is a comic. Uh, Andrew WK is doing it. Oh, we don't even have three. We have one non-comic. Just Andrew WK. Um, if you don't know Andrew WK, go listen to um, Ready to Die. Go, go fucking download it or something. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, it's such a good opening. It's such a good opening. Correct, Amundo, or not? Um, anyway, come to a show, put Jew in the referral code, and then when they email you um, uh, that, that you got confirmed for your tickets, email them back and say, I'd like to go to another day too. I put Jew in the referral code. That means I can go to a second taping. Um, you know, wh- what is it? Uh, let, me, let, let me go on Wednesday also. I, I got Monday tickets. I also want to go Wednesday. Come with your friends. Let them know what the show is. Storytelling show. Don't come with drunk assholes. Don't come with fucking douchebags. But come with fun people for sure. It's going to be a great time, you guys. All the shows are great. Um, Pete Johansson, the one I did in Montreal last year. I mean, not Montreal. Edinburgh last year. I did 16 of them. The best one from Edinburgh. He's coming. All these guys. It's going to be great. Um, So this is not happening. No. Theblacklistnyc.com slash T-I-N-H dot H-T-M. Jew in the referral code. Um, all right, let's start the episode. Um, so Dan Soder joins me, and he's going to talk to me about the cannery in, um, uh, what's it called? Alaska. He spent a summer up in Alaska uh, working on a fucking fish farm. Not a fish farm, but, you know, on a fishery. Um, and it was real degenerate work. It was real degenerate work. Uh, Soder's special, by the way, his Comedy Central special, his first one-hour special, is coming out this Saturday, 11 p.m. 11 p.m. Yeah, I got it right for once. 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time <sighs> on Comedy Central. It's called Not Special. Everybody set your DVRs right now. Dan Soder is a funny comic. It's a very funny comic. You guys will like the special, I assume, unless I completely fucked up the taping, but I didn't get that sense from talking to him. Um, it is sad when a comic who's funny tape something, and then it comes out just not funny. It's really sad. It's like, oh, you didn't capture it right. That usually comes from trusting other people to do shit for you. But Dan, not a problem. Guys, set your DVRs right now, because everybody's going to be out, right, on Saturday. Set your alarm. Why don't you set your alarm? Go to your phone right now and set your alarm for 10.55 Saturday night. Set a little reminder. Turn on Comedy Central. If you're home, you know, or around TV, say, hey, Ari told me this is supposed to be a really funny special. Let's turn that on. Let's watch it. Let's all watch it together. If you're out with friends at a fucking house or something, let's all watch it together. And then let Dan Soder know, at Dan Soder, that you fucking enjoyed the shit out of the special. It's called Not Special. Saturday night, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, probably 10 p.m. the other time, and then 9 p.m. the, th- the third time, and then 
11 p.m. again, unless you have DirecTV. And then it's 8 p.m. Saturday. But then otherwise, it's 11 p.m. if you don't have DirecTV on the West Coast. Guys, I don't really know how this shit works. I haven't had TV TV in a long time. Torrance is still kicking, though. Um, anyway, so he talked to me about this, this summer job, working on a fucking fish farm with degenerate people. Work doing degenerate work. I've done it before. I've done that. Not that, but I've done degenerate work before. When I was 16, I worked at Arlington National Cemetery. Um, laying pipe, so to speak. So to speak. All right, what do you mean? I already said no. See that? I set an alarm. It means get up. 10.43. Okay, I got an hour. I got an hour. I can do this before my phone call. Um... Yeah, it was great, though. I mean, it was the first time I ever really talked to black people that were equals to me. I had teachers that were black. Um, yeah, I had teachers that were black, but never, like, actual, like, talk to them, talk to them. You know? I'm going outside for the rest of this. And they were my coworkers. And they were all degenerates. It was low-class work. It was low-class work. I mean, we'd have to, here's what we had to do. We had to pick up pipes... I'm going to go out this way. We had to pick up pipes from, no, that's locked, from a truck. Well, first we had to load them onto the truck. No, no, no. They were on the truck already overnight. So these long pipes, I mean, they were like 10, 15 feet. We had to get them, pick them up, and, um, and put them out on the lawn of Arlington National Cemetery, like where all the fucking gravestones were and shit, you know? We had to go bring him out there. That was our job. Oh, yeah, you guys. What? Of course I should be outside. Of course I should be outside. I love the outdoors. So we had to get him and put him, like, on a truck. First they were like, do you want gloves? And I was like, no, I don't need gloves. Not gloves for, like, gloves for the heat. Like, real thin work gloves. I was like, I don't need them. But, man, those pipes would bake. They'd bake in the sun all day. They really would. And it'd be so fucking hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can see the whole city from up here. Oh, this place is perfect. Good Airbnb. So anyway, those things would bake in the sun. They'd get hot as shit. And so uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't pick them up with, um, without gloves. So I put gloves on. They made you get steel-toed shoes. And that's because as one of the older dudes, I don't remember any of their names. I don't remember any of their names. But one of the older dudes like, oh, yeah, my buddy lost a toe. <laughs> that same guy. That same guy. He was like 70. He was telling everybody that he started dripping cum. Just one day in the, uh, in the break room, the break trailer. He said, yeah, my, my dick is just, it's just dripping cum suddenly. We we're like, what? Goes, yeah. I don't know what it is. Just cum. I'm getting older. We all laughed at him. Now that I think about it, I think we were laughing at him because we felt like he was like sort of an old, impotent man. And I think that sounds a lot like chlamydia. The drips. But that guy had never had it before at 70. Maybe something was. Maybe it was an old disease. Who knows? His body was just breaking down. We laughed at him. We used to play spades every day for lunch. We'd get an hour for lunch. We'd come back there. We'd run in to play spades. Not team spades. The way I learned how to play spades was with these black guys and one fucking Latino at Arlington National Cemetery. And they played spades 
one-on-one-on-one-on-one. On one on one on one. Everybody calls a number. That's your tricks. You got to get it. You don't rely on anybody else. Some people say that's worse because you don't have a team. You're on your own. That's not worse. That's just different. Oh, yeah. Sun's out. Gun's out. Um, and they would slam down their cards. When you want a trick, when they slam down the ace of spades or queen of spades at the end of a, or they, tr- or they trump you, if everyone's throwing out, uh, you know, jack of diamonds, somebody else comes in with two of diamonds, somebody else comes in with six of diamonds, somebody else, ace of diamonds, they'd slam it down, then somebody else would be out of diamonds, bam, four of spades. I mean, they would slam it down, but there's no benefit to that. It's kind of like dominoes. You ever see those videos of dominoes? That's how they play. It was fun as shit. I was never around such people before. I mean, I grew up upper middle class. So this was like, what? One time we drank in the parking lot. At work, daytime. They're like, yeah, we got beers. Or maybe liquor. And then one of them chucked their bottle and smashed it. And we're like, what are you doing? We get in trouble. God, what a fun summer. What a fun summer. We used to hide in, in, in open graves at our international cemetery. Don't get mad. They weren't fucking soldiers' graves yet. They were just dug for soldiers or for veterans that died. To get into our international cemetery, you had to be killed in war. Um, then you get right in. Uh, if you got a purple heart, I think then you had to do a certain amount of duty. And then you could get in. That might be wrong, though. It might just be any purple heart gets in. Uh, or if you did like 20 years of service, um, you can get into our international cemetery. Otherwise, uh, if you just served a little bit, I think you get a little box. And like they have a P.O. box for bodies, for ashes. But man, it was fun to walk around those gravestones. Some of the old ones. Abner Doubleday was there. The guy who invented baseball. Um, I think Joe Lewis. Some big boxer was in there. One time. One time. They grew a watermelon. All the black guys who worked there. And you guys. Okay. I'm not, I don't want to be racist. So I'm not going to be. I'm just letting you know the facts. The people at work grew a watermelon. Let's delete the fact they were black. Imagine them however you want. The people at work grew a watermelon one summer. And then towards the end of the summer, it was ready to harvest. And they picked it up. And they split it open. uh, On that table, on that spades table. And they devoured that shit I mean I used to have chickens in my backyard and when you give them a watermelon rind they go crazy on it they all fucking peck the shit out of it till it's basically just the green just the thinnest layer of the green uh, it looked a lot like that I mean it was just gone kind of like when uh, when uh, the Tasmanian devil gets through something and, goes, and then it's just gone that's how it looked so no racism but I mean it is what it was um, can't believe the guy got the drips. And then one some one day, one day I was the hero. One day we were all watching. Uh, there was a TV was on, a little tiny TV, one of those like you know seven inches, ten inches. And it was break. And uh, I was watching the news or something, whatever was on. That break trailer was great. We didn't park at Arlington National Cemetery. I mean, we didn't take the Arlington National Cemetery. Um. Oh, the sun feels good. We didn't take that metro stop there. We took it to uh, 
Pentagon because our brake trailer, our trailer was way in the back of the cemetery. What we had to do generally the job was laying pipe and then, and then we'd pick up at the end of the day. So we'd lay this pipe, turn the water on, the water would go up in the air along these pipes with long, long rows in the, in the gravestones. They would go male to female. You'd fit them in and they'd, they'd lock. And then we would go to another field where the pipes were already on. While that field was on that we just set up, we'd go to another field the, pi- the pipes were already on. We'd turn the water off. Um, and then we'd take male to female. We'd unhook them all, pick them back up, take them back to the truck. Uh, take them somewhere else, um, lay them into a second field, then go back to the first field, pick those up, put them back in the truck over and over again. That was a general job. We'd also get weed picking duties, which generally meant getting out of work. I mean, we figured out that if you pick a bunch of weeds from like little beds of flowers and like the parking lot and stuff, uh, you could be there all day and you could do a lot of work and get it done. But then what we figured out is you could pick some weeds, just enough for one layer of the trash can, uh, those big garbage cans, put them on wheels. If you had enough for a layer or two, uh, you know, three or four inches worth, you didn't have to go like the, the, the four feet of the trash can. If you just got three or four inches worth, you could take a bunch of uh, newspapers and ball them up. And put those to about the top of the trash can, maybe uh, three quarters of the way up. And then cover that with your three, four, even like six, seven inches of weeds. If you did that, what you got to do is uh, go to the back back of the parking lot and just sleep. They taught me a lot, those guys. They really taught me a lot about getting out of work. I took that attitude and took it to Israel when I was on a kibbutz and uh, just made up disease after disease. Oh, I can't today. I'm sick. Oh, I can't today. I'm having fatigue. Oh, I think I got mono. Oh, uh, I broke my ankle. Anything you could to get out of work on the kibbutz. The point of the kibbutz was a utopian society where everyone pitched in. And for the greater good, for the greater good, everybody was, uh, was helpful. Nah, we didn't buy that. The greater good was, here's the deal, capitalism. We get paid no matter what. We get the free food no matter what. We didn't get paid. We got bored. Um, and we got the free food no matter what. So why work? There's nothing to be gained on top of it. Some guys worked. Poland worked in the, in the, uh, in the cow thing. He came home just smelling. And he was up to his fucking knees and shit. And actual shit. Anyway. So we took the Pentagon stop. I tried robbing cars at the Pentagon so much. So fucking dumb. Do you know what the security is like at the Pentagon? The security cameras? And I'm just trying to like open up car doors, hoping to steal CDs. Anyway, one day we were in the break room. It was lunchtime. I was watching TV. The foreman was like, all right, let's go. Time to get back to work. And I'm watching this show and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I was like, something's up in the news. And everybody starts to leave, you know. And he goes, Shafir, let's go. Got to get back to work. And I was like, hold on, hold on. What's, what's this? I pointed the TV. And there was a video of Marion Barry, the, the mayor of Washington, D.C. The esteemed mayor of Washington, D.C. And he was, it was some hidden camera. And the former's like, what? What is it? I'm like, well, look, look at this for a second. And Marion Barry was sitting on a bed looked like a hotel bed. He just kept saying the same words over and over again. Just kept repeating it. Bitch set me up. That's what he kept saying. Sitting on this hotel bed. Bitch set me up. Bitch set me up. 
He got arrested. They had a sting. I forgot the woman's name. I forgot the woman's name. I'm trying to say woman now instead of girl. I did a weekend with Kate Will last week, and I realized I do say girl. But I say girl and guy. I don't say girl and, and man. I say that guy and that girl. They both have G's. Feminists, here's my thing. If you want to be fucking equal about it, don't make us say woman and guy. That's not that's not equality either. You want to say woman and man? Well, guess what? We don't really say man. We say old man. Who's that man? Who's that guy? Sometimes we say man. But here's the deal. Get back at us. Say boy. You say boy. We're not asking you to call us men. You call us boys if you want. And you do sometimes. You do sometimes, by the way. There's no double standard. It's like a 1.2 standard. You know, they always say it's a double standard because men, if they fuck a lot of people, they're studs. But women fuck a lot of people, they're sluts. And it's a negative. But that's not completely true. I don't go willy-nilly telling all the girls in my life, women in my life, gals. We're not going to say guys and gals. That's lame. That doesn't sound right. So you're not mad at the people. You're mad at the fucking overall gals not sounding right. Anyway, I don't go bragging about all the men, the women I have sex with. I don't do it. It's gross. It's gross. I'd ser- I might tell a guy or two, yeah, I fucked somebody last night. I might tell a close guy in my life, but I don't go on stage bragging about, look how many women I had sex with last night. You downplay that because it's crude. There's no double standard. Men aren't studs. Men are gross when you have sex with fucking six girls in a week. I mean, I enjoy hearing Mark, Mark Norman talking about it. I laugh about it, but... Oh, if, I, if, I, if a woman comes in and is like, what are you guys talking about? I go, oh, no, nothing. Because it's embarrassing. It's not a double standard. It's not a double standard. And yes, when a woman I know says, yeah, I fucked, you know, six guys last week, six different guys, sure, it's a little gross. But when a woman I know hears about a guy who had sex with six women last week, they get a little grossed out too. It's too easy. It's too easy. There's no specialness to it. I mean, if it's the only time it's ever happened, if I know really prudish girls, and I have, by the way, I've known really prudish girls who barely have sex with anybody, and they're like, I met some dude at a bar last night and just fucked. I didn't know his last name. I go, good for you. Hell yes. Finally, because you're back towards the, towards the medium, towards the average. That's what you want from a friend. Now, you don't want them fucking every week and just ruining their life over it. Fucking every, every single, single night, you know, being, having an empty life. And there is a bit of a standard, a different standard, but it's not a double standard. It's a 1.1, 1.2 standard. Maybe 1.3. Give it the real, give it the real, uh, say what it really is. And then maybe we'll have more respect for it. Just like when they always do the, 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 the payment difference. Like, you know, women don't make as much as men. It's harder to be in the job place for women. That might be true. But it's not true in modeling. In modeling, women make more money than, than men. And there's more of you. And in stand-up comedy, women are financially rewarded at a far higher rate than men are. It just doesn't apply to stand-up. Yeah, you got to deal with some creeps, but that's an overall life thing. Men are, some men are creeps to people. You know when men turn off? When you start going like, you start blaming all of us for the sins of one or two of us. You're, you're lumping me in. You're generalizing me. It's, it's, it's a racism sort of on white males. Like I saw a, a video online once. It's, it's, a, it's a story of a, a woman who was sitting at a music festival in Australia. And some guy came over behind her and came in her hair. He didn't, she didn't even know him. 
As if that'd be better? It could be a little better. You'd be extenuating circumstances. Like, you don't know the backstory. Maybe she like, spread her badge on his face or something when he was sleeping. Um, but unknown, no excuse for that. And some comment was like, men. And then somebody else was like, what do you mean men? I don't do that. Why not say Australians? Why not say musical festival goers? You're, you're lumping me in and making all men feel this sort of weird guilt about something they didn't do. And they never would do that. They didn't even consider doing it. And they say, see what you guys do? We're like, well, no, what me? That's not us. I don't condone that. I'll laugh about it on the same level I would laugh if a man came in a man's hair and I saw it. On a jackass level, I would laugh. Anyway, let's get back to it. So we're watching. So we're watching. Um, it just makes us feel this guilt all the time. And then the rebellion is, fuck you. I'm not that. Quit calling me something I'm not. So I'm watching this Marion Barry thing. And then the foreman started watching. Bitch set me up. Bitch set me up. And they're like, what is this? And then slowly guys came back from the truck. What are you talking about? What are you guys doing? Coming? And they're like, whoa, what are you watching? It's Marion Barry being arrested. Apparently, he smoked crack on camera. There was an FBI sting or a cop sting, something. And this woman set him up, this prostitute. Smoking crack with a prostitute. Years later, we met him at uh, Open Anthony. When Open Anthony was still at his heyday, when he was still open and Anthony and uh he walked by he was doing some other and Norton just ran out there Norton's great on radio Norton's great on radio ran out there and grabbed him said hey, please we'd love to interview and uh I was there with Rogan open Anthony was always pretty cool about fucking having me as an equal I always appreciated them for that they always had me as an equal they wouldn't be like oh here's fucking Rogan's sidekick they'd give me a mic part of the gig and in return I wouldn't butt in if I didn't have something special to say because I know they're there for Rogan Thank you, Open Anthony. That, that was really helpful to me. Anyway, they grabbed him. They brought him in, and Rogan asked. Um, or Norton starts saying, uh, what a testament to the American, uh, American will and the American spirit that someone can go that far down and then come back. And he ran for mayor again and won. He won mayor again. He got arrested for crack with a prostitute on camera where it wasn't just something people said. It was a video of it, which that, those are always stronger. When there's ever outrage, when you see a video of it, it's always stronger. I know a woman who, uh, she still supports the TSA because she saw the video of at Logan Boston Airport, the, the, the terrorists going around the, around the, the uh, checkpoints of private security. She goes, I saw the video of them walking around. And I retort, okay, but what about the next two people who tried to get bombs on in the TSA system? The shoe bomber and the underwear bomber. They got right on. Luckily, their bombs didn't go off, but they got right on. And she goes, well, I don't know about that. The reason is because she didn't see video of it. Seeing like actual stories or something is just more powerful in someone's head. You can use that in debate, by the way, uh, to fool people. Into, uh, Michael Moore does it all the time. That's how he fools people into thinking the way he wants to through, through video. Uh, what a shitbox he is. What a, you can't believe anything he makes you believe. And you're like, no, I saw those people say that. Yeah, you saw one of the ten people. He would go to open doors. Say, Look, in Canada, people leave their doors open. He tried fucking 50 doors. Two of them were open. He only showed the two that were open. And I go, see? In Canada, people leave their door open. So now you go at home. You're like, yeah, in Canada, people leave their door open. And you talk to any Canadian. They're like, what, what are you talking about? Nobody leaves their door unlocked. That's just fucking Tony. He leaves his door unlocked. He's crazy. But you leave there thinking that. So anyway, if people hear stories, so like, let's say you hear like one out of a thousand people get LASIK surgery. Let's say one out of 10,000 people get LASIK eye surgery and go blind. And you go, well, those are really good odds. One out of 10,000, those are good odds. I'm going to take that chance. But let's say your next door neighbor is one of those people and you knew that he went blind and how much it ruined his life. 
those people are way more likely to go, no, I can't have LASIK eye surgery because I saw a guy fucking go blind from that, man. That shit's real. But you already knew one out of 10,000 was a real stat. But in our minds, we don't say, well, there's the one. The one is a real story. And then when you see it, it just becomes way more powerful. Anyway, so we're watching this video. So we, oh, so we came back and he won mayor again. And Norton was like, such a testament to the American spirit. To be able to go that far up to that far down to back up to become the mayor of Washington, D.C. again. The place where he was disgraced. And uh, Marion Barry's response was, um, I didn't smoke crack. I didn't get caught smoking crack. And then we're all just silent. Like, what? No, I didn't get caught smoking crack. Like, what? What do you mean? Because there wasn't crack in that pipe. That was, that was, that was uh, what the FBI had. That wasn't crack. And then Rogan, <laughs> it was just a silence. We don't know how to respond to this. Cr- like, all of us assumed that he had taken responsibility for it, right? But like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to stop smoking crack on, on, uh, in office. And then Rogan, just foresight, just strong under pressure, that guy. Really is. Always kept us cool with that. And see a video, kept us cool the whole time. I wouldn't have. And Rogan goes, uh, well, what did you think you were smoking? And then he left. He left the studio. Oh, good day at Open Anthony. Um, anyway, so then uh, the foreman, another person came in, another person came in. We just started watching all the, all the fucking the, all, playing out. We watched it all playing out in the news. And we got off for the rest of the day. From 1 to 5.30. Because Ari was watching TV. The rest of us got off. And we just got to watch TV the rest of the day. The foreman wanted to watch it. And he was like, yeah, guys, let's just watch this. And we never got back to work. And I was a hero. You can be heroes. By the way, that was David Bowie. I don't know if you understand why now I don't sing karaoke. Uh, anyway, it's fun to work these degenerate places. It really is fun. I had a great time in Owens National Cemetery. My 16-year-old summer, I was, I mean, 6.36 an hour. That was the lowest G1 pay scale for the government. And I loved the fuck out of it. That was a fun time. And so today, Dan Soder is going to take us through what it was like to work at the cannery. He's going to tell us some fun stories. Everybody watch a special in return. DVR it. 11 p.m. Oh, I'm going to stay out here for the outro. We're going to talk about my trip to Alaska. My first trip to Alaska. Um... Uh, check out Dan Soder on uh, The Bonfire on Comedy Central, too. It says uh, it's him and Big J do a drive time show. Uh, four to six? No, six to eight. I don't know what time it is. Maybe four to six, three days a week on Comedy Central Sirius. Maybe six to eight. Maybe three to five Eastern. Not really sure. But it's a fun show. I've been on there before. They take calls. Um, just like... It's just kind of like what morning radio should be with like two legitimate, you know, top shelf comics. But more importantly, watch Dan's special. Not special. This Saturday night, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 p.m. Let me guess what they are. Mountain? No, Mountain's the third one. Central. 10 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Western on DirecTV only, otherwise 11. Yeah, only Mountain and Central. You guys get the shaft on Heim Zones. Um, but at least he didn't get a fucking midnight time, so we had to say it's Saturday night slash Monday morning, so we could actually give the right date. That's the worst. That's the worst. And you have to give a different date. Um, but anyway, so here we go. Um, 
Let's talk to Dan about it, you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir Skeptic, episode 265. By the way, I'll be in uh, Baltimore. Get tickets to my show this week, seriously. Theblacklist.com, no, theblacklistnyc.com slash tinh.htm. Uh, but I'll be in Baltimore at Magoobie's 27th and 28th. Uh, get tickets at arithegreat.com. I got a Dublin date up there. I got a date for Stampede in Calgary. Dari Shafir and friends won't be my new hour. It'll just be me and some friends doing stand-up. I already did my hour there. Got a Nashville date up the day before Bonnaroo. Um, Chicago's coming. Uh, that might be it. All right. And Edinburgh's on sale, finally. Edinburgh's on sale. Get your Edinburgh tickets. They have the whole month. Tell all your friends in the UK to come see me in Edinburgh. I need a shitload of help. Come see what an American hour looks like. Those UK hours are great, but come see... Okay, let's get this episode. Enough of the intro. It's been fucking 35 minutes. Um, Ari Shapiro's Captain Tank, episode 265. Knife hits in Alaska. You'll see what. Knife hits in Alaska with Dan Soder. Starts now. You got a job up in Alaska. It's easy to say what the can't But um, early on in podcast, people like advertisers are like, "Can you just, like do an ad in the middle?" Yeah, and it's like some did, but it was like, "Oh no, why would you know?" Early yeah. or late? Huh? Well, that's just like anything. It's just like even television has been broken down. Like it used to be three channels. It was like, uh-huh. You have to do this, and you have to do that, and then people came along like, "How about we just make another channel and do what the fuck we want?" Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "But you can't." And then the, you already the, have the rules. Set up. Rules. <laughs> and that's like that's what's funny about radio is like. Even Jay and I show on Sirius. Like, we have to do a break. And we're like, all right, we'll play your game, but yeah. we're not going to act like we, you know? Care. Yeah, we'll like show up an hour before for radio prep. And Jay and I are like, hey, you want to smoke weed and watch Onyx videos? And then go to <laughs> That's work. That's your prep? Yeah. That's prep for the bonfire. <laughs> yeah, it's the prep for the bonfire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's not a job. It's not a real job. Yeah. People don't. They even- will make it into a real job. They'll try to, at least. Well, yeah. That's what everyone has to try to do. Yeah. But I think that's where you. That's where like the freedom in this shit truly exists, which I think you're one of the best people I know at. It's just like your own rules. You're like, no, nah, this isn't really a job. I've had jobs. Yeah. This isn't a job. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. We don't let's not bring that into this. Yeah, it happens like that sometimes. And you gotta be like, no, 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 no. No, this isn't enjoyable anymore. Yeah. Like, but the money you're making is like, I've already I can already pay my rent. You're, yeah. you're talking about a different thing. That's why I'm always blown away when people are blown away by people leaving jobs. I'm never blown away by someone yeah. leaving a job. I to- I always get it. It was like when Seinfeld walked away, when uh, when Jay Leno walked away, or Get Letterman. It. People go, I mean, how can you walk away from that much money? And I'm always like, what do you mean? They already made way more than that much money. Isn't your mental health worth? Yeah. Like John Stewart leaving, everyone's like, come on, John. It's almost another election. You're like, yeah, it's more work. Yeah. So he shouldn't want to do that. Also, he le- when, how long ago did he leave? Over a year ago. Over a year ago. So you're talking about the election's not till November. Yeah. So you're talking about two more years at a job that he was already at for what, 15 or 20? Yeah. You know that girlfriend you're going to break up with? Stay with her for two more years. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if your life's not fucking miserable. Yeah. Six more months years. more and you're like, I murdered her. I didn't even think I was going to do it. And I killed her because they fucking pushed me to this. <laughs> Just two more years till Valentine's Day. You can do that. Valentine's Day. That's the day out. Yeah. You go beforehand. Yeah. No, man. Yeah. But that's like, uh, I totally get people leaving jobs. I totally get people leaving Yeah. Well, I always find it's interesting when a, like a football player leaves like two or three years in, mm-hmm. and it's like, whoa, wait. I mean, they were 
millions on the table, and now you're taking thousands. Dude, you're telling me. But I'm again, a, you're going to limp for the rest of your life. I'm what? a 49ers fan. Yeah. In one offseason, we lost Navarro Bowman. His back. I mean, we lost Patrick Willis, a linebacker. His backup, who was a rookie, Chris Wilhoyt. Or no, not Michael Wilhoyt. Uh, I forget the guy's name. He played at yeah. Ohio State. Chris. Uh, to shit. what, retirement? He just retired after a year. Middle, he, of the, middle of his career kind of retirement? Not even. His career barely started. He had one rookie season. Fuck, I can't forget this guy. I, I I'm Why do you think he retired? Do you think it's no? Like he a, came out and said he's like the the science of right. what happens to your brains. He's like, do you think it's like in the San Francisco 49ers locker room they all start talking? And I think then Jim a few people Harbaugh. Are like, Hold on. Yeah, I think Jim Harbaugh leaving was like, hey guys, our when they fired Harbaugh, yeah. I think everybody was like, our chance to win the Super Bowl is done. Right. So now is it worth it to just take these hits? Yeah. I mean, Patrick Willis is an eight time All Pro, and he's like, I'm fucking out. He was the leader of the team. And he's like, I'm out, and he's thirty. He's my age, thirty two. Wow. So he's right at the prime. Yeah. Because that's what it is, man. We're that, starting to see that people are like... Actually reading the, the, the articles and stuff. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. Instead of... When I was in Shanghai, they had all these people that are like leaving Shanghai, these yeah. expats, because they're like, oh, we always talk about it's crazy polluted, crazy polluted. And then at some point, people are like, wait a minute. It's, it's crazy polluted. Yeah. We should not be here. We shouldn't live here. We can just go somewhere else. Yeah. It's just like relationships, man. Like people in toxic relationships, you're like, but you don't understand. I have to... It's like, no, just leave the person. Just leave. By the way, it's going to hurt for like a month, two yeah. months. But then when you heal up, you'll be like, whew, I'm glad I got out of that. How are you doing now? I'm great. Yeah? You know, I'm bummed. <laughs> yeah. I'm half bummed, but then I'm also like uh, half like, all right, just go back to it. work. I mean, the lack of regular, I don't want to say pussy, but like the regular ability to get laid. That, yeah. that's, a, that's a hit. You know what it is? It's the intimacy. Yeah. It's that regular, It's it's another human being being like, Hey, kiss me and like you could touch me yeah. and hold me and just feel close to someone. Cause I think humans are, you know, we're species that need each other. We're not, yeah. we're not supposed to be by ourselves. So it's like when you're in a relationship, even if the relationship sucks, holding that person, you're like, oh man, I miss that smell, that yeah. feel. But then you get over it. Smell of their skin. Yeah. How they kiss. That's always a weird thing for me out of a relationship. So when you kiss another person for the first time, you're like, well, where are you? oh, you don't do, uh, yeah. wait, do you go hard or do you go yeah. soft? Yeah. I had a girl tell me she doesn't use tongue and it's like, oh, okay. That's just, what are you always on, in a movie? <laughs> That's weird. I, was like, I, I j- if you be, the woman I marry is going to use all tongue. <laughs> but then just, it's like, you're kissing. You're like, oh no, wait, I got to back it up. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, you don't want to seem too forward. That's so weird. Yeah. Man. I don't, anytime somebody says I don't do something, then it's like, no, right. You're already putting fucking rules on it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the I don't do stuff is never a, a good sign of openness and willingness to understand someone. I had a girl choke me and she was like, you're not into this. Huh? I was like, no, nah, I mean, if you want to keep going, you can. But yeah, I had a girl suck my nipple one time and yeah. she looked up at me and I just started laughing. Because <laughs> it was like, think you're doing? It, but it was like, cause it, she just like looked up and her, my nipple was in her mouth and she's like, and you're like, yeah, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I have. I'm feeling no sexual pleasure from this. <laughs> this is fucking dumb. That's how I felt about getting my ass eaten. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I really no sexual pleasure, and I feel bad for you. Yeah, and you feel silly. You like it's kind of ticklish. <laughs> I'll but, eat a girl's ass. Oh my god, I'll eat but, so much woman butt. But <laughs> having my own butt. Like, what are you doing? Even down you there? know what's like. Um, some of my friends. I don't do the finger in the butt. I don't do any of that. 
I don't, you know what? Not because I like think it's the devil's work or it's <laughs> or it's like bad for you. Honestly, I just think I receive no pleasure from it. Oh, I'm yeah. sure some someone would be like, I'll finger your I'll, <laughs> I'll finger you good. I'll finger fuck your butthole and make you come real nice. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, cool. I'll just never know that. Yeah. I'll just never know that. Yeah. It's not even it's a gay thing, I think. I think it's just because like it's a I don't know, nobody goes there. Yeah. Or I'm almost like Ugh. Like, you have all this it's like the side of a house and uh-huh. everyone's like clean that out you got so much space you're like it's just the side of the house i don't care <laughs> yeah. no one I, no one should put be a little there. deck there it's, yeah. it'll be like two by six for what the, yeah. the construction won't even be worth the payoff <laughs> yeah, we'll never i gotta level that i gotta lay concrete that's rocks i'm not building on rocks <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's um it's whatever it's better to be out change is always good Rogan told me that, and he was right. No matter what the change is, it's in a, it ends up being good, even if it's like a bad change. Well, you learn, though. Yeah. It's always a learn. A change is just you just learning, which sounds like a fucking something you'd sew on a throw pillow. But yeah. I can't believe you broke up. I thought you were doing good. I thought you were into it. Yeah, man. I mean, I, uh, not, you know, for her, to respect her, I won't get too far into it, but it really was just that fact where you're like, we're not, right? Yeah, you want something to last, but then you're like, this isn't the match it's supposed to be. Yeah, like, man. And it's like, and honestly, and it's like, oh, they're no so fault, nice to me, but like, that's not enough. No fault on either end. Just kind of like, hey, we got to realize that this is not working and yeah. let's just go on. I feel like every time I come on your podcast, I've just gone through a breakup. <laughs> I mean, if your PO box place moved like six blocks further, you know, or the or the Rite Aid you were using closed, like we can get you at the other Rite Aid, and you're gonna be like, ah, eh, that's like, it's like a 15 minute walk now instead of a two minute walk. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, I'll probably just go CVS. Yeah, or some local thing. Like, I'll, I'll just go right around the corner. Yeah, it's like you haven't done anything different. You're just, I don't know. But also the acknowledgement that like this isn't right. Yeah, this isn't right. Like, what's funny is, I told a story from like what we were gonna talk about today. Yeah, just as like a fun story. Yeah, and it just didn't. I just watched her be like i don't get it and you're like yeah oh, really? see we can't be together because oh, if yeah. you don't get why that's funny but she had a great <laughs> sense of humor that's the confusing part you ever you ever see i don't know it, this isn't really your sense of humor but like sometimes they'll go like super harsh out, out of the blue like yeah. you'll go well all three groups go like back and forth for like you know in a group text for like you know 15 minutes and then someone would be like, oh, we've got to tell Vitor. Vitor's great. And you'd be like, fuck Vitor. I hate him. Yeah. You know? And you'd be like, oh, it's ridiculous. Or like, kill yourself, Soder. Yeah, it's yeah, enough yeah. out of you. Yeah. But when sometimes you date a girl and she's like, what is that supposed to mean? And you're like, oh, what? See, she was great on that. Oh, end. she was. She oh, was so cool. fun to bust balls with and like yeah. talk and hang out with. And then it was like, whenever you have one thing, you like want the other thing too. Yeah. Where you're like, oh my God, you're so much fun to talk shit with and like just hang out with. And I'm like, now be loving. Now be warm and open. And she's like, I'll try. And you're like. Computing. Yeah. So it just, it's one of those things where change is good and. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, fuck it. Did you ever date anybody at the cannery? Segway. Segway. I wanted to fuck this one girl that worked there. Yeah. Um, and then she had a wrist problem. She worked in processing. <laughs> she, she had a wrist she problem. Jerk you off, right? And you're like, forget it, dude. I wanted to. It was one of those things where, I mean, yeah. When I first started working at the cannery, she was maybe a six. The third month in, she was <laughs> an eleven. <laughs> There's nothing up there. She huh? was like, I was, here's the here's the crazy thing about Alaska that a lot of people don't realize is there's a lot of beautiful women. There's just not. 
there's like not a high volume of them. Right. Like the amount of women they have are actually, you're surprised. Sure, there's the ugly ones, but like there's women in Alaska where you're like, here or there that are like, you're fucking crazy hot and like natural hot, like Ohio hot. Yeah. Where you're like, oh man, you're just like high school girlfriend gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah. And they're just like, hey, how are you? Welcome up to Kenai. And you're like, oh, okay. Hey. And then there's girls. By the way, that's how I feel about the weed in New York, where it's like, yeah, you can find some good stuff here or there for sure. There's no selection. No selection. And there's not that, you get a lot of garbage too. And it's a lot of New York bravados behind the weed where they're like, yo, you never had sour diesel? And you're like, yeah, I did have sour diesel in 2007. (laughs) It's better than this. Yeah. And by the way, I think this is when this batch is from. (laughs) And they're like, nah, bro, I got a boy and he comes in from Staten Island. Dude, he's got fire. And you're like, I'm from. Dude, you're selling stuff from 1996. Like, that's not how people sell anymore. Yeah, you are. And it's. That's what, yeah, it's so pretentious, but you're like, I'm from Colorado. Colorado. That's we got great pot. Yeah, I love we don't have de- great I love cities. Dealer goes like, "Where are you from?" I go, "Los Angeles." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, well, like, well, nothing. Yeah. Oh, if hey. You, if any place has shitty weed in Los Angeles, you throw it back in their face <laughs> like you're a fucking Guido who's angry about the pizza. East Coast rappers sing about how good LA weed is. There you go. That's how and good. They only represent themselves. Only rep themselves, <laughs> and they're like, "LA weed is all I care about." Uh, and you're like, "Yeah, I got that shit flown in from LA." You're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's like the one part of the New York bravado that I just don't go. Al- I don't go along with that or the whole like. If you've lived, if you were born and raised here, you're raised here. Then you're cool. Okay, that's where it stops. Stop doing like. Actually, my dad's 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 from New York, and you're like, well, guess what? Originally, none of us are from here. <laughs> yeah, you're just saying there's a blip on your on your family tree of New yeah, York. That's it. Do you guys just haven't lived other places and experienced other things? But yeah, the bravado for the weed is like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. The weed in Alaska, that was the best surprise. Alaskan Thunderfuck. Dude, I went up there in 01. I yeah. went up there the summer of. Yeah, don't you usually need warmth? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it is. So I went up. No, excuse me. I went up there the summer of 02. I went after my freshman year at the University of Arizona. My, I was like, I can go back to Aurora, Colorado, where yeah. I grew up and work at Applebee's. Sounds great. <laughs> and just spend all my tip money on weed and beer yeah, and cigarettes and just be a piece of shit this summer. But my dad's sister was living, my Aunt Karen was living in Soldotna. She was working at a hospital in Soldotna, in Alaska. Alaska. Okay. It's in the Cook Inlet. It's about two and a half hours southeast, I believe, of Anchorage. So I called her up. I'm like, hey, what if I came and lived with you? Because she was cool. She was like my second mom. I was like, what if I just come and live with you? She was like, yeah, fuck yeah. You should definitely do that. I knew she was sick. She had gotten hepatitis C from taking care of my dad who died of it. What? And he threw up blood and it got in her eyes. Oh. And so she got- What? Yeah. So she got hep C, which turned into liver cancer. That's like- uh, It's a double. It's a double whammy. 28, 28 weeks later? <laughs> yeah, 28 days. Yeah. 28 days. Yeah. 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 The, yeah, yeah, I it. yeah, my dad like got sick and it, his turned into cirrhosis and my aunt's turned into liver cancer. And, yeah, yeah. So she was, but she was still like okay, even though she was sick. She had cancer, but she was still like working. And so she was up in Alaska, and she's like, "Why don't you come live with me?" And I was like, "Yeah, that'd be awesome." She was always cool. With the, you know, I was nineteen, I was eighteen, smoking cigarettes, drinking. Yeah. She didn't give a shit. That's cool. Yeah. So I go up there, and I like you know hang with her for a week, and then she's like, "All right, well, you got to get a job." And I applied it like. <laughs> Did you not know that was a part of the deal? No, I knew that was part oh, okay. of the deal. So I knew that was coming, but I looked at like 
odd jobs like landscaping. There was a couple weird things that I applied for. And then I just went down to the docks yeah. and there was this guy welding. And I just remember being like, yo, it's the most manliest shit I've ever seen in my life. This dude was welding a what? boat. What? Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, do you know if they're hiring around here? And he like flipped up his mask and he's like, you got to go up to the house. Dan's up there. I was like, oh, my name's Dan. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. He's like, <laughs> it's too early for the interview process. Yeah. Man. And he's like, go up to the house. His name was Brian. I'll, I'll never forget that. And he had the, his boat's name was the Montana. And he's like, go up to the house and talk to Dan. I think they're hiring for this season. And I literally knew nothing about fishing. I am a suburban kid. I knew I barely know how to get a bike chain on a, on the fucking pedals. You know, like uh, yeah. moving up there. These were fucking wow. men, like real men. I grew up without a dad. So that's like, this was like so foreign to me. It couldn't be more foreign to me. And I go up to the house and the dude's like, uh, this guy, Dan, who owned the cannery was like, um, how long are you here for? I told him like through August. And he's like, yeah, that's through, you know, you have to leave like a week before the end of the season, but that's fine. Why don't you come back Monday at 8 a.m.? And I was like, boom, I got a job. I had no idea what the fuck I was going to be doing. Wow. But I was like, I got a job. They just needed warm bodies. Dude, this is the craziest process I've ever seen in my life. I showed up on Monday. It was me and these two kids named Steve. Both were from Alaska. Steve, like, the Steve that I became roommates with was just like a young kid. He was my age. He was 18. I was 19. The other one was like, uh, I don't know how to say this, but kind of like a pussy. Yeah. Like, he was like, I live in Seattle now. And he was like, kind of like that, like, mm, kind of. I don't want to do this, but I need a job and I'm from here. My dad, like my dad's making me work here kind of thing. And, uh, it was the three of us and that dude, Dan gave us two shovels and a pickaxe. And he's like, there's a PVC pipe about five feet in the ground. It goes 90 yards to the water. It's cracked from the winter. Dig it up. What? And it was nine. It was 8 AM to 5 PM show up and just dig and we dig what? just yeah. breaking up dirt just breaking up dirt we didn't even pull the pipe we just dug up the, the pipe i think it took i want to say like four days what because it was deep it was five feet in the ground so yeah fucking digging and then it was long so we had to like dig and then move and bring dig. the whole thing up yeah and then find the the crack? yeah so basically i didn't know this this was the weeding out process because oh, after really? after day two uh pussy steve what stopped showing up <laughs> and just regular Steve and I worked and we just dug up that pipe and he was cool. Cause like, so this is why I brought that up is cause uh, the first day at lunch, I'm like, man, you know where I get some weed around here? It's been like, it's been like two weeks and I hadn't smoked. And he's like, Oh, you don't know. I just remember he said that. And I was like, what, what do you mean? I don't know. And he's like, dude, we got crazy good weed up here. And I was like, I'm, I usually get my weed in Boulder. So, and he's like, nah, man, come with me. So, this was the best part. I love how you have to trust somebody enough. Like, so, uh, been a few days, right? We're boys now. Can, uh, what, what about drugs? Uh, yeah, drugs. I need drugs up here. And he, uh, dude, he smoked, we smoked a bowl and it, he drove like something crusty, like a Thunderbird. Yeah. It was like a muscle car that would be a muscle car in Alaska. We're like, of course, this is what you're driving. You're not driving a Corvette. You're driving like a fucking, a Falcon. I've never heard of this thing. Yeah. And uh, we smoked a bowl in his car and I was like, this is 
the best pot I've ever smoked in my life. Wow, like, really? It fucked me. It fucking put me <laughs> sideways. It, it took me back to like junior year of high school. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and we got high. And then uh, this was the best man. I was like, hey, so I, let me get like a, can I buy some? And the guy's like, I'll take you to my buddy's house. Yeah. And it's like this house in the middle of butt fuck, for, like just the forest. It's just the middle of Alaska. Yeah. It's a suburban house straight up. Like it looked like the house in Goonies from the outside. Which See, like, it was like the wraparound, the ones that the boys live in okay. with the wraparound porch that looks over. So you like walk up and you're like, oh, this is like a nice house. And you go in and the dude's like, uh, so how much do you want? I'm like, let me get an eighth. And he's like, I don't. It's like an eighth of an ounce. And he's like, I could sell you a 40 bag. I was like, what's a 40 bag? He goes, four grams for $40. I go, how much do you sell an ounce for? He's like, 200 i was like give me an ounce like right now just give me an ounce because i was like even thinking i could take it back to the docks and flip it yeah to like some of those college kids because on the docks, oh, so yeah when you work on the cannery you live on the cannery grounds so what is that that's on campus basically you're on campus oh. you're on the docks and they charge you for rent and they charge you know like you have like an account with the company like the way coal miners used to do where you could like buy shit at the, the coal miner uh-huh. store. So you can get food at the cannery. There's a huge kitchen and like a big, you know, cafeteria. And then there's rooms. And, uh, oh, that's when, cool. When Pussy Steve dropped out, yeah. Dan was like, hey, you're going to be on the dock crew, which is like kind of a step above processing. Yeah. So like the processing weeding out process. I love that. What's that? <laughs> the weeding out process. We're getting ready to Pussy Steve. Yeah, Pussy Steve, by the way, came back, worked in processing. Did he really? Yeah. He had to take all the fucking frozen fish out of the coolers. That was his thing. Because they'd flash freeze them with uh, ammonia, like in an ammonia cooler, because it doesn't give them freezer burn or some yeah. shit. There was an ammonia leak one day at lunch, and we'd always do knife hits at lunch. Yeah, so what are the knife hits? It's like where you warm up two butter knives. Yeah, I told you. Yeah. Then you dip it. We do those at lunch. We just get fucking blasted dip it into what? Into a, like a like a anything plastic. Like you could take a plastic water bottle. Yeah. We took a fifth of Captain Morgan's a plastic one and cut out the bottom. Like real trash. And then let the smoke go into that. Yeah. Then you take the knives and you press them together with the weed on it, and it burns up. And then you like with the canister use it as they called it the huffer wait what did you use the canister how did you like so the fifth thing the plastic you cut the bottom out you put the knives in there and then press it oh uh, so and then you suck it out the, yeah it contains oh. the smoke okay yeah because that's yeah. the chamber yeah i get it and then you just we do like the gens dude we do like three of those each and yeah. all like we'd get we'd eat as fast as we could so we could go back to our rooms and smoke weed oh really yeah oh yeah like that was always the plan at lunch what other drugs were there there Methamphetamines, but that's all for the processors. Doc, <laughs> really, <laughs> dude. One time, one time, uh, there was this dude Neil, who was like one of the head processors. This Filipino dude, yeah. And uh, it was probably like a month and a half into the season, and we were cool. I just bullshitted with him. When you smoke cigarettes, it's like a currency up there. Like you smoke, you get cool with everybody. So I was cool with all the processors because we'd all smoke cigarettes. I'd bum them cigarettes. I'd bum cigarettes off them. And this dude Neil is like, uh, hey. You guys ready? Doc crew, you guys ready? I'm like, what? He's like, we're going to take our medicine at lunch. I was like, what? And he goes, medicine? I go, what's your medicine? And he goes, ice. And I go, oh, like meth? And he goes, yeah, bro. <laughs> like that? And we're, we're doing knifers. I'll never forget this, man. I wish someone could 
I wish like <laughs> Steve or Dave or Sh- or Shady Dave or or uh, or Mike would hear this story so they could be like, "This is totally true." But we were doing knifers, and I was like, "Hey guys, after lunch, it's weed versus meth." <laughs> I was like, "They're gonna try to chop up as many fish as we can, and we got to overload them because that was our job was like to like take the fishes from the docks and bring it to the processors. That was my really? job." Oh. My specific job was to take the tote, the thousand pound totes of salmon, and then take it to the processor and put it in the dumper and then dump the fish in. Great. So you, but I would fuck up all the time. Why? How? Because there's different types of salmon. Oh. And I'm from, this is the best part of Alaska. They call the continental United States the South. Is it really? Everything's the South. Hawaii too? No. Hawaii's an island. Yeah, that's the island. But if you're like, oh, I'm from North Dakota, they'd be like, oh, you're from the South. Like a couple guys did it to me. I was like, because cool. I was like, I'm from Colorado. They're like, the South. I'm like, no. It's not the South at all. It's the Rocky Mountain region. <laughs> at worst, Midwest. <laughs> but it's not. Um, you're thinking of Alabama. Yeah. You know, like the segregation. <laughs> Remember the whole Civil War? Did they teach that up here? Yeah. Cali's not the South. <laughs> yeah. So there was. I don't know, this like weird cutoff, but uh, we would, oh, I forgot why I started saying the thing about the South. There's so many. Meth? No. Methamphetamines. We've talked, this, that's the best part about smoking weed before we talk is we're like, <laughs> oh, it's completely gone. <laughs> but those dudes would like, uh, we, I think we, oh, the different types of salmon. Found it. Yeah. Found it. I'm not a man. That's the whole point of this. <laughs> so they, uh, I couldn't tell the difference. There's like five types of salmon. There's like king salmon, red salmon, chum. Bumpies? Oh, they have that? What's that there's called? pink. There's different names for them. Everyone has different names for them. Yeah. But I think there's like five classes of salmon. I could be wrong. I'm going off of a stoner's memory from fucking 13 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're swimming upstream, swimming downstream. Yeah, there's different types. Pre-pregnant. But the point is that uh, red salmon and chum salmon look very similar. The only difference is there's like silver in the chum's tail. Uh, That's just how you can tell. I fucked that up. So you got to understand. So what did you do? You put all the shitty salmon with the good salmon? So they'd be like, we're cutting reds. The processor, the head processor would be like, we're cutting reds all today. And I'd be like, cool. Just keep that, that dumper filled with reds. Just keep, dump, just keep bringing on the reds. And I'd fuck up. And sometimes there'd be a thousand pound tote of chums mixed in there. And it was my job to check to make sure they're reds, put them in. So there'd be times, dude, where I'd be high as fuck coming back after lunch. And I'm driving a forklift and I bring the wrong, I think it's red. put it in with everything? Put it in with everything that they're dumping. So then I'd dump it in, right? And then it would be this loud alarm where I'd be like, and all the processors. We're talking 80 to 90 people just staring at me because they have to stop everything pull the chum out, sort out, sort out the chum, which ones are good, which ones are bad, cut the rest of the reds, make sure it's all clear through, then start with more reds. Dude, there was not a worse feeling uh-huh. than hearing that fucking siren. Uh-huh. I'd be in my forklift and I'd hear that siren and I'd go, I'd punch that steering wheel so many times, like motherfucker, because I'm trying. How so, would they know, how would the alarm go off? Someone would see one? Yeah, the, I mean, Neil, that guy I was saying He's that like, was on uh, ice, he was like the head processor, so he would be running it all the same and that'd be coming he'd be like all right all right all right all right and he'd be like nope there's a chip like shut it hit it 
Oh no! Yeah, and you're like, it's like a, like a contamination breach, <laughs> and it's my fault. It was always my fault. You want to talk about being? Like, high. Should I go back to work, or do I help you guys? I, tr- dude, there were so many like. You know when you're like around someone trying to help them, but you're not doing anything? Yeah, you're just like moving. apologizing. <laughs> oh, can I, should I? Can yeah, this? dude, there was all of that. Like, oh, sorry. Oh, fuck. You know what? Ah. And like, just beat it. Beat it. Get out of here, dumb fucking dumb white idiot. Uh-huh. You Southerner. What were they, yeah. a lot of Indians there? Mostly Filipino. Oh, really? Yeah, it was mostly Filipino. So they're uh, like they're up from Seattle. So they would. Uh... <laughs> so I had these two bosses. So Dan, this guy Dan hired me. Yeah. And then my bosses were these guys, Lou and Lynn. And they were like the head. Lou like ran the docks, the dock crew, and Lynn was his boss. Yeah. Lynn had teeth on the top of his mouth, right? On like the right side. He had teeth. And then in the middle, it would slant and go just to gum. Slant? Like yeah. cut off teeth? Like cut off teeth, like half teeth and shit. What did he get hit by a fucking Dude, machete? this is the craziest shit. Then on the bottom part of his left jaw would be all teeth. And then it went slanted. So he had a perfect clasp when he would bite oh, down. Oh, really? Yeah. It would slant the other way down. But yeah. So it was a perfect, like, it fit. So he could chew. Yeah. So he could chew. And <laughs> sort of. Lou, our other boss, would always have a wad of copenhagen in i'll tell you what i'll do when you put out this podcast yeah. i will instagram the picture of lou that i have okay and he's got straight up a picture of like he's you could see the dip in his mouth okay. one time i remember being high at lunch and watching lynn eat with his perfect clasp and he was just talking about nonsense and then i later in the day i remember becoming nauseous watching lou eat a box of hot tamale candies with his dip still in his mouth <laughs> and i remember seeing it and being like, that's the fucking grossest thing ever. <laughs> like the thought of the taste of tobacco and cinnamon it just made me be like oh, this gross piece of garbage fucking bogans yeah dude this guy yeah. i cannot wait he looks like a werewolf half transformation <laughs> all the time dude this was the best part he hated us really yeah he hated us because there was this dude Neil. named the dock crew. Okay. Because there was a guy, Mike, and he was he had been the, on the dock crew for like four years. He lived in Washington. He'd always come back up. He was like 21, yeah. 22, so he was the elder state, statesman. But cool, really? Yeah, like cool as fuck. On the dock crew, it was you all were like- 19. I was 19. What, everybody was college kids? Everyone was 18, 19. On the dock crew, was there was five of us. Yeah. No one was older than 22. Oh, cool. And I was, Steve was the youngest, and he was just turned 18, and I was 19. And uh, Mike knew everything. Mike knew how to do everything. Yeah. So everyone was like, Mike's basically the default doc boss. Like, he was the one we listened to. Mike would be like, hey, so, like, he would tell me shit to do. Like, Dan, go do this, this. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Then Lou was just an idiot. We all thought Lou was a fucking moron. <clears throat> one morning, we're fixing one of the hydraulics in one of the cranes. So, again, man, this is like, I'm not a man. Yeah. And I have to fake it. <laughs> You're like, yeah, let's fix the, what do you call it? Hydraulics? I, they, Steve was nice enough to teach me different knots. Yeah. Like, a, you know, a slip knot versus a square knot versus all that shit. Because you have to learn that. That's so big in Alaska. Really? Knots. Really? Yeah, man. You're on the docks working with boats and shit. You got to tie up a boat. Uh-huh. You got to fucking tie up a, a net. You don't just tie it like once. You're just like, like what? <laughs> like your sneakers? Like, man, yeah. there's the rabbit goes over the hole. Yeah. And I'll just stand against yeah. you like, Dude, what are you doing? I'm going to lose an arm if you don't fucking do this quicker. There's this guy, Timmy, that, that we worked with who 
I'm pretty sure is dead now. He was 26, and he was a deckhand, but he did crab fishing. This was crazy because this was the year before Deadliest Catch came out, and he was like on the first season of Deadliest Catch. Really? But then somehow, I don't remember, like, he said something about getting fired. I never watched the show. I should go back and watch season one, but Timmy was a fucking psycho. And he was a deckhand, and he would just show up and be like, what's up? Like, always wanted to party. And you're like, all right. But he also taught me a lot of shit, because we'd have to, like, refuel his boat and that kind of stuff. And he'd be like, eh. He kind of knew that I didn't know shit. So he'd be like, just do this and do that. And I'd do it, and he'd be like, good job. And it was like the first time I had, like, a man be like, yes, that's how you do stuff. And it's, like, crazy rewarding. Really? Well, yeah. I think, like, what did he tell you to do? Like, just how to, like, uh, like, hey, man, here's how you dock it up properly. Here's how you tie that right. knot. And then you'd, like, get good at it. And he'd be like, good job. And you'd just say, like, good job was being, like, similar to, like, when I played football. And a coach would be like, good play. And you're like, thanks. The hell yes. Yeah, that filled me up a little bit. I need inside. your approval. Yeah. And if, if your name is Jerry Sandusky, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll take a shower with you right now. Yeah, that's Let's what hit the showers. Let's hit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it really was that thing. And then, so one day we're fixing... A hydraulic on this crane, on one of the fuel cranes. And uh, Lou's just, he, again, there's like palpable tension between all of us and him. He hates you. We hate him. Oh. He's just a dipshit. And he's like, all right, y'all, uh, we got to put this. He, we're getting it done. And he shows up like, like any foreman and starts fucking flexing his dick muscles. We're yeah. like, hey, we got this. And so we're, we have the hydraulic. It's like a 600-pound hydraulic. And we have it tied up. And we have these specific knots. And we have it tied up and then tied up to a forklift so we can lift it, pull it over, put one end in, tighten it, and then put the other end in and tighten it. So we have it all down, right? And I'm sitting in the forklift. And Mike is calling the shots. And Mike's like, yeah, hey, we got this, this. Lou walks up and he's like, yeah, I don't like these knots. They should be square knots. And he's like, nah, man, we need give on that. He's like, square knot, that thing will fucking, that thing will, there will be no tension. Oh, really? Yeah, it'll just hold it. So it'll, yeah. It'll sway, and then it'll come out. I forget which exactly the knots were. I don't remember yeah. what the knots were, but they were arguing about it. And it was clear that Mike was right, but Lou just wanted him to change it to show his authority. And so he's like, change it. And Mike's like, all right, man. And he <laughs> changes the knots. And our buddy Dave is now on the forklift. And I'm like, I smoked like two packs a day. <laughs> All smoking, right, man. I was smoking cigarette, so many cigarettes. And I remember I was smoking a cigarette and you just hear, you heard the forklift go up and you heard the sound of heavy metal come off of concrete where it's like, it scrapes a little and then you hear it. And I'm talking to Mike and I turn and I say something to Mike and you hear conk, clink like that and then just the loudest scream i've ever heard in my life i didn't see it but what happened was just as mike called it as the forklift pulled up the hydraulic it started swaying and it came out of the tight knot and went directly down on the top of lou's foot what so lou was guiding it and this thing comes down and fucking on the bridge of his foot crushes his foot and then fall you know the other side falls down so that's what i heard i heard the crunch and then the fall oh we weren't we didn't like this guy so much that we had to run into the warehouse to laugh. Because we were like, yo, fuck you. That karma's a motherfucker. Dude, I was, we were laughing so goddamn hard. Lou's foot exploded in his shoe. No way. Like, he took off his work boot, and it just foot just was like, just fucking blew up. And we were like. What do you mean? Was it, like, destroyed? 
Or was it just Yeah, like, dude, he shattered his foot. It just smushed under like a it, ton like, of... It just came... I think his ankle was intact, but his bridge of his foot down, fucking toast. Done forever? No. But okay. this is where Lou is such an idiot. Because later... So that shit goes down. Yeah. And we're all like, yo, the king is dead. Long live the king. Like Mike's going to be our doc boss now. <laughs> Mike's doc boss. Like, give him a pay raise. This dude's fucking the best. Yeah. You know? And uh, so Lou's gone. And it's like... It's great. Works great. Uh, I'm fucking up chums every now and again, but works great. <laughs> yeah. And then that girl gets hired and she's like, Oh yeah, that girl, one of Neil's cousins. So she's like this Filipino girl, huge tits. So immediately I'm like, yeah, what's up? And then we kind of started flirting. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I want to <laughs> like, I want to fuck this girl, but you don't have any time. Cause you work. How long, how do you, how long do you work every day? 7am to midnight what every day you get an hour for dinner how you much get are you getting paid for this Nine fifty an hour but over 40 hours time and a half oh okay and so you would do way more than 40 hours fuck yeah you do like 100 110 hours okay so you make good money i mean Damn. i made great money up there i got up to 10 bucks an hour before time and a half oh really yeah so time and a half i'm making fucking 15 an hour yeah and it's you know and i put in 60 of those hours so it was nice wow um, and I never paid for rent because remember how I told you you'd pay for rent. So they knew my aunt weren't lived there. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna live with my aunt, and they're like, okay, then we won't charge you rent. But Steve, my buddy, had a his bed was empty, his other bed in his room. So, so I stay there. I crawled through the window and I just stayed at his. I just stayed there the entire oh. summer, and I always be like, bye. I'm gonna go to my aunt's and I'd walk <laughs> around back. Or a lot of times they didn't even give a fuck. I'm pretty sure they knew I was staying there, but they were like, we're not gonna go through the trouble of trying to. Yeah, what are you, a snitch on me? Yeah. But that girl started, man, I should I think there was like one night where I could have fucked her, where everyone got off early because it was like the night before July 4th. Yeah. And they were like, we're going to try to save hours so some of you can work on the 4th because every holiday was time and a half. Oh. You got holiday pay. And so they're like, and they couldn't work you more than eight hours. So they're like, oh, we're going to save some of your hours. There was some bullshit like that. And I remember I was showering and she came over what? to see if like Steve had any beer. And I was like, Steve was gone for like 20 minutes. And I fucking, I think I I missed her. She like came by and knocked and I was in the shower. Oh. And I think it could have gone down. If she right there and you're like, oh, well. Yeah, come on in. Like, come in. I think, because we're both like, she was eight, she was 19 too. So it was at the age where you're like, yo, we could have just, but then I probably would have a baby. Maybe you would would have a baby, a Filipino baby in Alaska. Oh my God. She was Filipino? Yeah. And it was like one of those things where I was like, "Was she American? Was she like English speaking?" Yeah, she's from she was from like Tacoma. Oh, okay, okay. She okay. like lived in Tacoma, okay. But was like working there up the summer. Damn. Yeah. Hindsight, great. I missed it. In the moment, I was like, "Fuck." You probably would have been fine. Yeah, but unless you got not fine, you would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, unless not fine would have happened. I completely forget her name. Yeah, I completely forget her name. I remember what she looks like though. I, I like. So then, the summer's going great, and. Almost on cue. Yeah. One day we're walking there and I see Lou and Lin- and I see fucking Lou take a corner in an air boot. It's probably like, I want to say three weeks later. Uh-huh. He's in a giant spaceman like air boot and he just comes waddling around the corner. And I remember hitting my friend uh, Dave and being like, dude, look who's here. And he goes, oh, fuck. And Lou's like, hey, boys, bet you didn't think you were going to see me. And we're like, ah. 
We didn't, asshole. Yeah. So then he had he would get drove around in a golf cart. And really? He would just kind of like yell from the cart. Yeah. Just the dude, that reminds shit. me of uh, Stripes when the when the yes. sergeant comes back. And yeah. It's alive, dude. That's exactly how it was. So one day I'm I'm like doing the totes, getting them in the dumper for the processing, or and uh, Lou and Lynn walk up. This was my, this was the best stay in school ad I had ever seen in my life. Lou and Lynn walk up, and they're like, uh, and Lou goes, and how's Dan doing? And Lynn's like, Dan can't even tell the difference between a red and a chum. Yeah. And I got, and I somehow found out how to do it. I don't know if guys, I'm trying to tell the difference. All right, I'm a little better than I was. Uh, yeah. But Steve or what? Somebody on the dock crew had taught me how to do it. Where yeah. I finally learned how to do it. And so they say that, and I'm like, actually, guys, I know how to do that. I had an epiphany. And Lynn goes, they look at each other and they go, a what? <laughs> a period? <laughs> well, that's why you can't tell the difference. You're having your period. It wasn't even a good joke. And I remember being like, them saying that and being like, these are the two dumbest human beings I've ever met in my life. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> at that so moment you see I was how like, dumb somebody is you know, yeah like, you're like oh it's clear because i was i think i was kind of debating going back to school like that summer and not going back to school you mean? yeah i just didn't like the university of arizona oh, yeah. i just didn't like the whole it was like rich kids from Long arizona Island. wasn't asu was tempe uh, yeah. arizona's tucson Pulse, tucson yeah and it's like rich kids from san diego and long island and then like other kids that's yeah. not like the whole population but it's a lot of them but that's a lot of them and i just didn't know if i really molded well with that melded yeah. well with that so i was like you know what maybe i won't go back to school maybe i'll go to see you two of my friends went to unlv at the time i was like maybe yeah. i'll go to unlv at least the debaucheries open yeah expected there yeah it's expected there and uh when they said that i was like fuck it man i'll finish in arizona <laughs> i'm gonna go get that i'm gonna go get that fucking degree get that paper yeah i'm gonna go get that fucking receipt for all the money i'm gonna be spending the rest of my life and it was like uh but the best part of alaska for me was being around all those dudes who were like blue collar, yeah, like really, those God only knows what those guys are doing right now. Yeah, it made me realize that I, I had a shot at doing stand up. Why? Because I was making these dudes die laughing, just doing impressions of like Aladdin, who was the head processor, and like impressions of like you know Lou and Lynn and like shitting on them, and these guys would just be dying laughing, and I'm like, yo, you're the most grizzled motherfuckers at twenty. 21, they're the most grizzled people I'd ever met. And then you're like, oh, if I'm making these guys laugh. Yeah, that's all pretty much who goes to clubs anyway. Yeah. Grizzled people. Grizzled people. Yeah. If you're making grizzled people laugh, you're funny. Yeah. And I remember, dude, that was like a summer that I like. I watched. I saw t- at my aunt's house at the beginning because I wasn't there during the season. I was there for a week before the fish season. Then I got hired and I just lived there. Yeah. And I'd see her. Like, if I got off work at like 8 p.m., I'd drive and go have like. Yeah, go drive to my aunt's house and have like dinner, like a late dinner with her. And, you know, bullshit with her, have a couple beers and then go back. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But then uh, that rarely happened. But then like that was like a weird summer because I got into, I was always into stand up. But there's like, it's like weird to think about talking to you now. I was watching guys that I'm friends with. On TV? Yeah. Like Bobby Kelly's Half Hour. I was watching oh, really? like Tough Crowd. Before yeah. you were in stand-up. Oh, oh, yeah, this was you know, so two weird. years before I started doing stand-up. So weird. But that was like the vote of confidence where I was like, yeah, man, I want to get in that world. You have that moment. And it was like, I never want to work. There was a moment in Alaska, right before the salmon season started, they do halibut. And they work yeah. with halibut, they work up until they catch their quota. 
And then they have to stop. Then they have to stop. Fishing game. So fishing game's up your ass all the time. Like they'd show up on the docks and it's like feds are here. Feds, you know, and they'd like check your fish and see how much fish you have. And are you overfishing? And uh-huh. there's that kind of shit, which I don't, I, I'm interested to see how it is 13 years later because uh, farm fishing became, was getting big at the time. Really? And like there's the no limit on farm fishing. No, because you they're scientifically made. They're not fucking with the ecosystem. Right. I guess. I don't know too much about it. I just know that the the fishermen up there fucking hated it. Hate Hated what? Farm fishing. Fucking hated it. Like, yo, they're killing us. Yeah. Price of salmon went from two fifty a pound to like fifty cents a pound. Do you know salmon? Do you know about the color in salmon? Yeah. When it's farm fished, it it has a gray color. It's gray. They have to add pink to it. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. I mean, we used to eat it's the same salmon though. It wasn't like the Frankenfish. This is just like we just raise it in in captivity. Yeah, that's what it is. They're raised in captivity, yeah. so they're not like scientifically made. They're like yeah. Frankenfish. They're like raised in captivity. Whereas like we were working off the Kenai River. Yeah. Which trying is like, to fucking catch them. Instead of just like herding them into another place. Well, we wouldn't go out. We yeah. would stay on the docks. Did you ever do any fishing out there? Yeah, man. We you got did? this. Dude, the best part was so was, there'd be nights where we get done. If it was like the fish nights were Mondays and Wednesdays. So those you worked 24 to 26 hours. You just straight. Yeah, you just work. Wow. You'd have a break for dinner. Yeah. We go take knifers. Yeah, sure. Smoking butts. Sometimes you'd drink like a couple beers at night and be like, all right, I'm cool. Go back to work. You're doing manual labor. But, uh, <laughs> some days we get done at like seven and it's light all the time it's like dusk that's the darkest it gets is dusk oh yeah the summertime in alaska i it's forgot beautiful. about that it's fucking beautiful i want one yeah that's great yeah so we would do is we take the skiff we take the boat that you know we would use to take the fishermen out to their boats uh-huh. and we go net fishing on the river which is we were definitely not allowed to do that <laughs> and we would fucking you know mike and dave and steve steve grew up and catch a can. So he was like from Alaska. These guys knew how to do all this shit. Dude, I'm used to like suburban kids. Do we get a worm? I don't know. Let's go to the reservoir. That's the only fishing I'd done was at a reservoir. Yeah. And this is like guys are like, dip your net, man. Like you got to fight. Watch out. If you catch uh-huh. one, you got to fight it. And you dip it in. You feel like the kick of, you feel the kick of nature where you're like, oh, this thing doesn't care that my name's Dan. It doesn't. It's just like fighting. Like what the fuck? But then we would, We'd, we'd catch a couple uh, fish in the river. We'd take them back. And, dude, this cook named Dell yeah. was the cook on the place. I'll never forget Dell my entire life. The first time I saw an alcoholic where you're like, yo, dude, you're going to die. Really? Like, he would drink. Like, he would cook. And my dad was a cook, too. I don't know what it is what about. Mean, like, all day, all night, just drink? Well, he would cook lunch. The second dinner was done, he would drink, like, a half a bottle of Canadian mist. Wow. He would just drink. He would just get shit-faced. Where wow. we'd have to like pick him up and take him to his trailer. Because a lot, a lot of the guys lived in trailers on the property. Yeah. Like the ones that would do it every year. They had their own trailer. The fishermen and shit. We lived in like dorms, kind of. But dude, Dell would get hammered. And if we caught him when he wasn't drunk, too drunk, he would cook us salmon steaks. So we would like, you know, gut the fish, kind of yeah. clean it. We'd bring it to Dell, and then he would fucking put it in a perfect salmon steak. And then we'd go, like, one of us would go to the liquor store and buy, like, a 12-pack of Corona. And you put it on ice on the docks. Those are, like, some of my favorite memories. Wow. It was, like, just drinking beers, eating salmon steaks on this dock, being like, yeah, fucking, this is our night off. Cool. One time I drank nine beers in, like, three hours and just threw up all over my room. And the next morning I woke up and Steve was like, who puked? I was like, I don't know. 
could have been him. Could have been. I was like, I knew it was me, but I was like, mystery, huh? (laughs) But that's what it was. It was like this kind of weird time where, like, we did party, but it always cost you. It always was like debilitating the next day. You were like, why the fuck did I do that? And you're 19. Yeah, like snap back. Like that's why when I went to college next year, I think I was just like an expert alcoholic. Really? Because I was like, oh, dude, I know. Like I was good at drinking right. to begin with. Good at drinking also means you don't throw up. You yeah. Like space it out right. And just well, you know where drunk. your limits are. Yeah. And I like kind of pushed my limits a couple times in Alaska. That's how you'd learn, I guess. Yeah, but we go out on the boat. And that's Dude, the coolest thing in my life was we were smoking a blunt on the skiff in a seal popped up less than three feet away from me. What? Like a seal was just like bloop, like out of the water. I saw his big eyes. I just remember being like, duh. And then he just went back down and then popped up. And then we, Mike, it was Mike and I were on the skiff and we chased, we wanted to follow the seal. And then we were like super lost, like scary lost for a second. <laughs> where Mike's like, I don't know where we are. And I was like, I think you went up north. I think we went north to catch a can. I was like, you got to go back. And here's like me, fucking sissy dark, suburban like, boy. I can't. No, nothing's dark. It was all light. It was still dusk. So you're like, oh, I think. Oh, yeah. So you're like going around. And the tide would change. The Kenai has like, I think, the third fasting changing tide where it just like goes up and then it's like sandbar. Oh, really? Back up. So you got to get out of there? Yeah. So we were worried. We're like, dude, if the tide goes out, we are fucked. This skiff will be fucked. We'll just be on the fucking bank somewhere. Oh, man. We got back though. I remember that. But I remember seeing that seal and being like, oh. You're so majestic. <laughs> I just like looked up like, what the fuck? There was a dude. Yeah. You just saw. I learned a lot that summer. And I, the reason I brought up the halibut thing was that was like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life was what? Pitch halibut. We pitched like 100,000 pounds of halibut. What do you mean pitch? We get in the boat. So they have like, you know, they have like a tender boat, which holds a lot of weight. And you go in and you lower down the nets on a crane and you fill the nets with the fish. With the halibut. With the halibut and they bring it over and then they drop it on a thing, on a conveyor belt and then they like sort the fish, right? So throw the halibut onto the net? Yeah. How big are halibut? Dude, they can get huge. They can be huge. What's what's huge? The size of this? When we were there, one boat caught a nine foot, 320 pound halibut. Whoa. But, I mean, we didn't pitch that. They way had bigger like, than this couch. Way bigger. They Like, halibut, that's not, like, normal. That's a, That was the, like, Neil, who was the head processor, was like, I haven't seen, ever, I've never seen that before. He was like, that was crazy. But most of them were, like, 40 to, you know, 20 to 40 to 60 pounds. So you're fucking working. I mean, dude, I came back diesel after work. Really? Yeah. Ripped? I was 19, so I was oh, eating, yeah. like, shit and just burning all those calories. That Denny's diet. Where you None of it matters. You're like, how are you super hot, Tempe, Arizona girl? Yeah, she's, she's like, like, I just do blow and run up the mountain. <laughs> but it really was like, uh, you know, you're just doing manual. Like I had manual labor muscles. Oh yeah. Like I had a great back, like uh, shoulders. Like, uh, groundskeeper Willie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so not that, not that cut, but yeah, I had like similar groundskeeper. Like, damn. <laughs> What's your workout? No, I don't. Oil do me that. up. That's my favorite one. When he rips it off. I'm going after the dog. Oil me up. But it, uh, it was one of those things where pitching those fish. But dude, the worst job I ever had was I show up one day and I was I was the newest. Steve and I were the newest, but Steve was from there, so that was like his cred. Yeah, he knew how to do some stuff. Yeah, but they call me Green, just Green, really Greenhorn or Green. Because you were brand new for the whole summer. Whole summer, you don't get, you don't stop get called that till your second summer. 
You didn't do a second summer. Fuck no. <laughs> I got a job at a radio station. Where I was getting high listening to Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, uh, three summer, way better. <laughs> but um, they were like, hey, Green, you got to take care of all these halibut heads. There's like these thousand pound totes what? of halibut head that, they, that the processors cut off. And I'm like, cool. I, do I take the forklift? What do you want me to do? They're like, no, 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 no. You got to take them and throw them in the grinder that goes out to sea. And then the seagulls will eat it. Oh. Like all the seagulls, they're like hundreds of seagulls. So my job for two days was to reach in and grab halibut head and throw it in this grinder that uh-huh. would spit blood back on uh-huh. it. And then it would just all go out. So I was getting shit on. By uh, the seagulls. By the seagulls. And I was having blood squirt back at me. And sometimes the eyes would pop. And it was like, uh, dude, I caught one on the face one time. And I was like, dude, I was just so mad. I just had to, <laughs> I had to go walk and smoke a cigarette because I was so... And I was my own boss. But they were like, yo, you're not... Like, you don't do another job until this job's done. Uh. And you're like, Fuck. And it was one of those things, man, that I try to explain that every comic has this is the ability to self-entertain. Right. Like where you're just like, if you're at the airport and you're like, look at this motherfucker, like saying what people yeah. look like, or you're like, oh, this, or like making fun of in your head. Yeah. And I just started having fun with it, man. I'd get high. I'd do some knifers at lunch. What would you do? Just, start, just like, like giving the, the hell of a personality? Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, fucking tell us where he is. Like, I'll never talk. Quack. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like dumb Lame shit games. like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll fucking murder your friend in front of your family. And they're like, nah. Love I, scenes. You do love scenes. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, please, no. <laughs> Throw that one. I did I did the Scarface shower scene a couple times. <laughs> oh, wow. Just try to do the face while blood splatters on you. <laughs> yeah, like, lean into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Whap. And then I'm like trying to show Steve or Dave. <laughs> If they're walking by, I'm like, guys, guys. And they're always like, this fucking dude. But yeah, man, it was like, that was that summer where you're like, this is a job. This is what hard work really is. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Those people look down on like, on greens, I guess, or whatever. And they're like, you don't know how to do labor. And you're like, nah, I don't. I don't. You know what? I always think about that. I always think about how like, as a country, we always shit on the middle of the country. Yeah. Like, comics do that all the time. You're like, what are they, like, mil- real Midwest audience? Like, the- By the way, most of the time, those are the best comedy clubs. Oh, yeah. Comedy on State. Yeah, Appleton with- and Madison. Comedy Attic. Yeah. Like, all the ones, they're like, uh, fucking Acme. Yeah, because they're uptight people who are, like, worldly metro- metropolitan. Yeah, that's what it is. We're up to, I don't know if we should laugh about this subject. How about just watch the whole subject, laugh, and then later decide whether or not. <laughs> yeah, hindsight. Fucking but, get into it, man. But it really is. Like, the coasts are always like, oh, the middle of the country. Like, yeah. hey, if shit falls apart, they're the ones who know how to farm. Yeah. They're the ones I who know how to hunt. Cow. I always think that I follow Rogan on Instagram, and he's yeah. always, like, talking about cleaning his own meat. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what a great skill. What he used to have a bit about it where he's like, uh, if I gave you, like, if shit goes down, all the scientists die. He goes, yeah. if I give you a hatchet and put you in the woods, how long till you could send me an email? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I, but that's like, that's like that living proof is going up there. And that's why I think it gave me confidence to do comedy was because I was like, yo, these guys have seen real shit. Yeah. Like real Steve was on, when I left, I found out Steve got, Steve, who was my roommate, who at the time, like my closest friend up there. Yeah. I left and I talked to Mike. I kept in contact with most of them for about six months, seven months. And then tripped it off? And then we just, it wasn't, it wasn't the day of Facebook. There was no Facebook. There was oh, no, right, no, right. Twitter, Instagram. It was like email, kind of, and cell phones. And I stayed in touch with Mike because he lived in Seattle. Yeah. 
And dude, like he was like, dude, three months after you left, uh, Steve got hooked on meth. Whoa. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. And he's like, yeah, man, he like lost his mind. He like went crazy. And you're like, dude, that was like my roommate. Wow. And I think I was the buffer to stop him. He I was like, no, nah, I like doing weed with you. I'll just do weed with you. Yeah, like Dan's funny. We have fun smoking weed. And then I left and he's just alone. Because I left like two weeks before. I had to go back to Colorado because I had to go to court for, I think, a drinking ticket. Like I got caught drinking. Drinking ticket? Yeah, a minor in possession ticket. That's not a thing. Yeah, it's not a real thing. It's a it's a way the government makes money. Oh yeah, but uh, I left, and then like three months later, Mike was like, "Yeah, I think that like Steve kind of came off the the rails when you left," and I was like, Damn, "I felt like a lot of guilt about that." Really? Yeah, man. Because I'm like, should I have said something? Like, hey, don't do meth. Was he about to do meth? Was I don't know. Like, he didn't seem like he was. Also, there's so much meth up there. How are you going to be so... like don't do that when all those guys are doing it? So much meth. The two places I lived, Arizona and Alaska, yeah, it's like the two biggest meth. Dude, places. Utah, Salt Lake City. Well, now it's so like so much meth there. Now you know what's crazy about Alaska? A lot of Mormons. Oh, really, dude? Where I lived, Lou and Lynn were both Mormon. Wow. And then you're like, oh, I get it. Why? Like, see, you guys are dum dums. You guys oh, are just right. following the lead, right? Dude, my favorite thing was Lynn. Lynn hated me. Every time Lynn and Lou looked at me, I just heard the word faggot. Like, I just heard it. You know what I mean? Like, they would look at me and I'd be like, oh, they're calling me a faggot in their heads. Yeah. Because they're like, look at this southerner coming here with his college education, trying to get a college education. But I remember Lynn owned a pizza store, right? And I remember <laughs> he was like trying to tell us at lunch, like how at dinner one night, like how great of a promotion he had where he was like, we got this thing called the monster. If you can eat it, it's, he goes, it's four pounds. It's a four-pound pizza. If you can eat it, then you get it for free. And I remember, I go, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It was like near the end of the season where I just didn't like the guy. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And he looked at me like, what? And I was like, you're just going to get people sick. You just get sick. You shouldn't eat four pounds of food that's bad for you. And... That's the promotion. It's not a thousand dollars. It's not. And he's like, hey, you get it for free, and you get your picture on the wall. I was like, that's dumb. <laughs> it's like those steak things. Yeah. And he road. was like, huh? Like he said it, like, huh? <laughs> and then I remember going back to the room and doing knifers and making like just shitting on him, just like uncontrollable rage, just making fun of Lynn. And they were like, like all the guys were like, Dad, dude. I just remember like that was the first time I killed. That was the first time I felt, felt <laughs> Making like fun of him. just fucking ripping them apart <laughs> to the others, to the other guys. And they're like, ah, dude, this is great. And you're like, all right, you know what, man? Like maybe I can do comedy. That's hilarious. Mike Lawrence says that when he used to make the guys at the drive-thru laugh, about yeah. like whoever's coming up, he took the money and then they're like, here comes a guy who's whatever, trying to make them laugh in their headsets. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's that, uh, number one, it's the need to be liked. Oh yeah. But it's also like that ability of like the challenge of like, can I make these motherfuckers laugh? Yeah. Was there any fucking going on up there? Yeah, dude. I got to go, but there's this... Yeah. Uh, fuck it. I'll be late. There's There was this fucking uh, processor, this Filipino dude, tiny, and he would always wear Kanglo hats yeah. and like sunglasses. He was like a wigger, but he was Filipino. But he was like really Filipino. Yeah. Like he spoke Tagalog. Like he didn't really barely speak English. But he was like, what's up, dog? He would always say that in English. He'd be like, what's up, dog? And I was like, this, he's like five foot two. He's like, this dude's hilarious. Uh, I think he was like the one that sold the meth. On oh. the, 
uh, like I didn't realize that this dude was like I didn't realize how Kingpin. yeah I didn't realize how badass this dude was I just saw a small Filipino dude talking like he was black and I thought it was adorable like, dumb immigrant yeah <laughs> or just like dude uh, I'd fucking wreck you you're like a, it'd be like fighting a six year old and uh, he had this tall skinny white girl with blonde hair and she, you could tell she was like total drug face but used to be hot you could tell oh, she right. used to be hot burned out total nice. burnout total burned out on meth and uh, one night Steve got drunk and fell asleep and I got locked out of the room and I couldn't get in the room and there was this other kid named Adam who was I had to work late like I was like putting away something and Adam this kid he works with processor it was again all in the same dorms he's like you can stay in my room and I was like perfect and I, I had my I wore the same Adidas sweatshirt and the same jeans and they were wet and I couldn't get in my room to change so I had to sleep in wet clothes on this bare mattress yeah and I'm like and I had to wake up at 6 a.m. This is at like 1 a.m. And I had to wake up at 6 a.m. to unload a tender, one of the big fish. Because when the tender came in, it was like all hands on deck. You got to unload this thing. So I knew we had to wake up at 6. I'm trying to go to sleep. It's 1 a.m. We're in the room next to that dude with the gold tooth. In the ball. Yeah, the dude, the fucking gangster, little gangster, little Pino gangster and his fucking drug girlfriend. And I'm sleeping and I can hear this dude beating the fuck out of this woman like bad like oh. like that's how you know, like in tagalog like and she's like ah and she speaks tagalog that's how much she liked meth she picked up <laughs> she a fucking tag- hard foreign language the mix of yeah like tagalog is like if you ever heard it spoken before it's like a nice it's a beautiful language man but it's like uh she's they're like yelling at each other wow. and he's like fuck you bitch fuck you bitch and you're like you hear it like that like like wow. that and I was like, fuck this shit, man. I was cold. I couldn't sleep. And I was irritated. And I go and I like fucking pound on the door. And I'm like pounding on the door. And he won't answer. And I'm like, yo, quit beating her ass, motherfucker. Quit beating her ass. And it's like, bah, bah, bah. and I'm like, you know, I'm 6'4". So yeah. this dude, I'm a white Monster. giant. Yeah. <laughs> the, wet, the white wet giant. Um, and I'm like pissed. And so it quiets down. About 3.30 it starts again. And I'm on the wall. Like, bap, 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 bap. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, open your door. I got that fucking angry confidence when you're like, you know, <laughs> white people have the best angry confidence. Like, suddenly can do whatever, even though I know you can't. Like, huff into the middle of like, I demand. And then you're like, oh, I'm out of my element. <laughs> and that's what happened. Next morning, I'm smoking. We're on a, we had a 10, you had a, you had breakfast in the morning, and you had a 10 a.m. break to smoke cigarettes, right? Yeah. And we're smoking cigarettes. And fucking homeboy walks up to me. And I'm like kind of by myself. I'm not with the other doc crew. The other doc crew's gone. Like they yeah. would have had my back had they been there. But I'm walking up there. This dude has a fucking, I, I, he's like one of the knife guys, like one of the main knife guys. And he goes, hey, earlier in the day, he goes, hey, like that. And he picks up this giant knife and he just shows me the knife. That's all he does. Whoa. And he puts it down. And I'm like, okay. But in my head, I'm like, man, maybe fuck him. He's just talking shit. Yeah. I'm smoking a cigarette and he walks up to me and he goes, hey. Hey, white boy. Hey, white boy. Don't fuck with my shit. And I go, what? And he goes, don't fuck with my shit or I cut you from here. And he puts in my belly button to your throat like that and turns and walks away. And I was like, this motherfucker. Oh. I, was, I never made eye contact with him. 
Always made sure I got in my room. That's meth confidence. That too, is. That you might go for I've it. killed a man of confidence. Oh, my God. That ain't some shit, dude. The way he said that was the most chilling. And again, man, I've been robbed. Like, I've told that story on your show. Like, I got robbed. I got, a, like, a gun put in my head at Tucson. And yeah. that that was the most scared I've ever been in my life. Wow. Because the dude, it was, it was the feeling, because it was all, it was just me and a bunch of these Filipino processors. So I was the only white dude. And then him just walking up and being like, it said it pretty loud. I cut you from here to here and pointed at my throat. And I was like, yeah, fuck this shit. Oh. Fuck this shit. All right, I guess beat her. Yeah, hit her, man. She chose you. <laughs> it's like that old bird joke where he hears the woman getting choked on the sixth train. And he's yeah. like, I'm not going to jump in. <laughs> it's like, then he's going to be choking me. <laughs> like, fuck it. You chose him. <laughs> That's really how it is. <laughs> it really him. felt like that. It was like, dude, fuck that shit. Um, man. All right, well, good job. So your special comes out next yeah. Tuesday. What's, when's it out? This Friday. Yeah, uh, Saturday night, May 21st at 11 p.m. on Saturday Comedy. night, Sunday morning? Yeah, Saturday night, 11 p.m. Okay, Saturday night, 11 p.m. on Comedy Central. May 21st. Okay. And then you can get the uh, the full album on Tuesday the 24th on iTunes. Okay, what's it called? What do you call it's it? It's called Not Special. Not Special. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Where you it, shoot it in Philadelphia? Yeah, shot at the Trocadero in Philly. It's fucking great, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, uh, you know, Jay and I have only been doing the radio show about a year, but it was great to see, like, fans. Fans come out. Fans. Yeah. Man, that makes a difference in comedy. Yeah. Just even a couple, you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, if you can get, I always say if you can get 10% of the crowd there for you, the rest will, like, lighten up. I had They'll a show. Laughs I'm, like, trying, okay. I'm trying to remember what city I was in. I had a show where there was 20 people yeah. on the Thursday night show. 10 of them were my fans. And it was like one of my favorite shows. Really? Because they were just there. And then the other 10 people were like, half the audience is like, well, the other half is like, these guys great. love this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm late to the party. Yeah. So it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations. It was yeah. different, way different than the half hour special, right? Way better. Yeah. It's just like, it's your thing. It's your, it's it's your you. thing. It's all you instead of like, okay, you're after so-and-so. Yeah. It's you. Yeah. Just like, hey, man, you're done. When you're done, that's the show. We're done. Yeah. There's not like, hey, we got to have. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. All right, well, set your alarm. No, DVRs, not alarms. No, set your alarm to DVR it. Set your alarm to DVR <laughs> For 15 minutes, take a nap, and then wake up and go DVR this. 11 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, dude, thanks for having Seven, me on, six, the, five, on your podcast. Five, five, five. We almost did a layover one, but then we were, then I taught yeah. you about Rule 240. Rule 240, man. That was a great trip, getting back here in time. Yeah. Get back to that girlfriend that you broke up with. <laughs> uh, I mean, we went out Full circle. But we got back faster than we would have. Fuck yeah, man. Flew to Philly, drove back. Yeah, that was a good drive. Fucking A. It was fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dan Soder on Twitter. Yeah, at Dan Soder on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, check out. What do you got? Any dates coming up? Yeah, I'm going to be uh, at Rumors in Winnipeg. Oh, nice. I yeah. like that place. I'm very excited to go there. And then I'm also going to be, uh, next month I'm going to be at Cleveland Hilarities. Okay. And then I'm also coming up at Atlanta and a couple other places. All right. Man. Check DanSoder.com. Yeah, DanSoder.com. Should be hopefully a new website by the time this comes out. Really? Yeah, I got to build one. Gotta do it before the special. Yeah, that's what I'm like under the gun for. Who, who, whatever. Yeah. All right. Good job. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Well, it works out there at the and I think he makes a pretty good play. His wife, she never thought too much of me, so I just stayed away. Best. No one 
episode. Here's what I'm proudest of in that episode. The music. I got multiple songs about working on a cannery in Alaska. I didn't think I'd be able to find that. Multiple cool songs about being on a cannery in Alaska? Meth, sure. I have tons of songs to choose from. But canneries in Alaska specifically? Come on, guys. I'm on point. Um, that's the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Guys, don't forget, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, this Saturday, this Saturday night, Dan Soder's new special, not special, his first Comedy Central one-hour special. DVR, set your, set your alarms right now on your fucking iPhones for Saturday night at 10.55. Turn on Comedy Central and watch fucking a great stand-up comic do stand-up comedy. And then hit him up. Tell him how much you enjoyed it. Tell him which bits you like the best. At Dan Soder. Let him know. Let him know you like this episode, too. Uh, if you do like the episodes, you guys, something I hear over and over and over again is people going, Ari, I got more response from your podcast than I got for a fucking appearance on Conan. I got more response from your podcast than I got from an appearance on, you know, whatever else. Fallon. I, don't, I haven't heard that yet, actually. Um, but I love that. I love it. I love it. Jim Brewer, by the way, told Tom Papa that he's never gotten response from my storyteller show from This Is Not Happening. And if you guys haven't seen the Jim Brewer story, go to This Is Not Happening. Doc, no, This Is Not Happening playlist on YouTube and find the Jim Brewer story. Something about Sears or Jim Brewer Sears. But go to the playlist and you can see all the other ones. There's a new one every Tuesday. Felipe Esparza is out this week. He's at the top. Um, a bunch of Joey Diaz stories are up there. And if you're in Canada and you want to watch them, go to use BetterNet, the BetterNet app, Canada or Australia. I'm telling you guys, it's a free app. It'll let you watch all those videos. Tell your friends, better net. And it'll let you watch anything that's geo-blocked in your country. I mean, get it for my storytelling series, but, you know, use it for everything that's geo-blocked. Um, and those are the long-form stories anyway. Those are the better stories. The, the Jim Brewer story we had online, we had to cut it down to six minutes. I mean, on TV. Six and a half minutes. I did a great job editing it. But, man, on, on YouTube, it's... It's a fucking 18-minute long story, and it's fire. But he said he told Tom Papa he's never gotten response like he got for this from any TV appearance. I'm assuming he does not mean Saturday Night Live when he was on that for years. But I mean an appearance on TV. Never gotten any response. You know how happy that makes me? You know how happy it makes me when people reach out to comics, and by the way, good job if you don't like the guests of just tagging me on Twitter and not tagging them. Don't be a dick. I'll just block you. It's one of the dickiest moves. Is is saying, let's say you didn't like Dan Soda. Let's say Dan Soda had a lisp. And uh, you're like, at Ari Shafir, I like this podcast, but at Dan Soda could, couldn't have been fucking more annoying. Don't do that. I'll block you. You're fucking annoying as shit. That's rude. It's rude just to hurt someone's day. They took their time out to try to do a podcast and you don't like them, so you're going to tell them? You can voice your opinion, sure. But to go to them and say, hey, it's like, imagine doing that in the street, going up and put, tapping somebody in the back and going, hey, uh, I don't like you. It's fucking, it's so rude. But people don't realize that. On, on it's, There's no E rude in people's minds. Same shit. They read it, you guys. So tell people they did a good job. And when, they, when I hear it, people go like, the response I got, Joe Liss was like, the response I got from that Herpes episode was so much more than I've gotten from fucking Conan. It just I don't know, it makes me so happy. It makes me so happy. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, thank you also Squarespace for sponsoring this podcast. If you want to build a website, Squarespace is the way. Go to squarespace.com slash Ari and uh, start your free trial today. God, I'm telling you, uh, I don't lie. I don't lie about the MeUndies. The fucking boxers are fucking comfortable as shit. And Squarespace, 
whether or not it's worth the money, that's up to you. But they're comfortable as shit. Those boxers, the boxer briefs, they rode up a little the one time I wore them. I got to wear them again after a wash um, and tell you the, the real thing. But those boxers are, went to the top of the line of my, of in, where I was in fucking in my order. They're my like fucking go-to. I don't know. They're so comfortable. But Squarespace, it's like a legit, easy way to build websites. So if you ever wanted to, it's cheap and it's easy as shit. It's, it's, it's just drag and drop. I want to put a picture here. Take your picture, drag it, drop it right there. There it is. You can move them around. It's just easy as fuck. Um, get tickets to my storytelling show theblacklist.com no theblacklistnyc.com slash t-i-n-h dot h-t-m tickets put Jew in the referral code get to the front of the line um, Sunday one show stand ups on that show um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday two shows a night 7.30, 9.30 I don't know when I think Diaz is Tuesday I don't know which show Tuesday but then you can put in there uh, well if you want us to be a specific comic South Volcano let's say from Practical Jokers tweet at them or email them, or Facebook them, probably tweet, and say, what show are you going to be on? Because then what you can do is fill out the specific code. There's a code for each individual uh, comic. So let's say you really want to see Bamford. Find Bamford. She might not be even on social media. She's so weird. Um, but find Joey Diaz, or find whoever, Kreischer, and say, hey, what night are you going to be on? Let's say he says, I'm going to be on Monday Late Show. Let's say that. The Monday 9.30 show. So that is um, um, episode... That's uh, show three. So you got one show Sunday, first show Monday, second show Monday. That's show three. So you put S3 in the code if that's the only one you want to go to. And they will get you in for that show. But I don't know who's on which episode. So you got to ask the people. Does that make sense? If you want to do the late show Wednesday, that's S7. The early show Wednesday, S6. Early show Tuesday, S4. Late show Tuesday, S5. It's just an order, you know? Uh, put that in the refoco. But if you want to go to more than one, um, put Jew and then you can come to more than one night you can't come to more than one show in a night because you get tired out and I want only the best crowds there and you're going to get tired from watching that much comedy but every show is going to be great so come on out um, and I'll be in Baltimore don't forget that uh, right afterwards the 20, 27th, 28th at Magoobies go to AriTheGreat.com for tickets um, for that Nashville June 8th and whatever else alright oh yeah, I went to Alaska. The first time I went to Alaska was with uh, was with um, David Taylor. No, 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 no. I went with Wheels. If you guys might know Wheels from the Punch Drunk podcast, he calls in. Um, you guys listen to Punch Drunk? It's getting so good. If you're looking for new podcasts, that's that's probably at 45% sports now. Uh, and 55% ridiculous. It's getting so good. Punch Drunk Sports. Call in with fucking, you know... Bag of bets ideas. Call in with like questions about sports. Call in with like questions about uh, Sam Tripoli and his fucking lack of spelling abilities, or Tebow and his fucking lesbian mom. Call in with ridiculous questions. We'd love to hear them. Okay, questions are like who do you guys is going to think that wins the AL East this year? Those are fine. We'll get talking about it. It'll guide us a little. But way better questions is the ridiculous. Hey, have you guys seen what's happened to you know, you know this comic, the fake outrage about this guy, or have you seen uh? You know, um, um, what do you think of, uh, you know, that, that, that Margaret, no, what's her name? I don't know. What do you think about the Hulk Hogan sex tape? Shit like that. Get us talking, you know, or ridiculous questions, whatever it is. Punch drunk sports every, uh, 
every Tuesday. We tape from Eastern, 12 to 2. Um, and this week, this week, is coming Tuesday. Sam Tripoli lost a bag of bets. I don't even know what it was. But he's got a, we're going to shave my pubes, and he's got to attach to his face with glue for the entire episode. So that'll be fun. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. I mean, the bet was probably about sports, but the payoff is not about sports. Uh, oh, Hummingbird. Dude, I heard a, okay, on, on Pandora, they would put my prosthetics on for this, for the fat suit. I heard a commercial for Ellen, the show Ellen. It's like, tune into Ellen, you know, the graphics, the audio graphics. Tune into Ellen, if it's Tuesday, whatever. But then it shows that, listen, it sounds, it goes, uh, Ellen goes, uh, why do hummingbirds, and I know this is just a joke, she's doing a stock joke, I know she's presenting it as a stock joke, but here's what it was. Why do hummingbirds hum? Tune to Ellen every, every night at 2, p, 2, p, 2, 2 p.m. Because they forgot the words. And then everyone laughs. Here's my question. Are these people who used to be actual, legit, funny stand-up comics, were they training in stand-up? You know how Batman trained for years in a prison so he could become Batman, so he could use that fucking fight skills to become a warrior that he was? Are these people like Ellen, Steve Harvey... Are these people training in the trenches and becoming great comics so they can fucking bring slight comedy to fucking dimwits, to dumb fucks, to housewives who sit home all day and want, want the safest fucking possible comedy? And by the way, I know it's not all housewives, but housewives, you got to admit, most of you guys are fucking dumb as shit, are boring. That's what I mean. Not dumb, but boring. Boring as fuck with a, with a shitty fucking down the middle sense of humor. You'll give me that. I know there's cool ones out there. And I know you know that the rest of the housewives, most of them, are not fun. Get offended so fucking easily and want just the shittiest, safest comedy. And that's what you're getting? So as a comic, you train for a fucking decade in the trenches so that you can fucking make the shittiest, most down-the-middle comedy slightly funnier? Come on. Come the fuck on. When did you sell the fuck out? That can't be why you trained that time. That can't be why you put that much effort in. I got, oh shit, I gotta get inside. I gotta get inside. I had an hour and now I gotta take this fucking phone call. Shit, shit, shit. Ladies and gentlemen, forget my trip to Alaska. Shit, shit, shit. Fuck, fuck, fuck. 11.45. Can't believe I missed this goddamn most important phone call of the week for me. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, Okay, so Alaska, uh, I went with wheels. It was great. It was fun. Just great, man. In the summertime there, when it's just light all year round, go to EM's, if you're ever there in Anchorage, EM's Hot Dog, Reindeer Dog. It's in the center of town. Don't go to the other Reindeer Dog. That one's okay. But EM's, now I heard he's in semi-retirement now, so he's barely ever there. He has his people he trains take over, which is always a bad sign. But it's one of the only Yelp reviews I've ever left was for EM's, hot, EM's Reindeer Dog. But the best is when it's uh, 2.30, 3 a.m. and it's full sunlight out and it's 2.15 and you see people stumbling home drunk from a bar. But they're walking by, you know, City Hall and stuff. So it just looks like they have cerebral palsy, but they don't. They're drunk off their minds. And it's just, it looks full daytime. It's cool. It's cool, that full daylight shit. Alaska's great. I went there with Rogan once. So I went there with David Taylor once. Uh, So first wheels, that trip was wheels. We had a good, there was a good gig, the woodshed. It was at the woodshed in Anchorage. And the gig was 500 bucks. Um, they flew you up. And then if you wanted to stay an extra day, they would take you on either a, a either a, um, what's the word? A helicopter, 
ride over the glaciers or a fishing trip. And I went with David in like June, like right around solstice. I think it was like Thursday was a solstice. We did Friday and Saturday. And solstice is almost definitely not the right word, but I didn't mean longest day of the year. And um, and we went on a fishing trip. And he's like, if you want to stay an extra day, we can fly you home the next day. And, and, and we're like, yes, obviously. And we fished for salmon on the, on the, on the sound or the ocean. It wasn't river fishing. It was, it was out there. Um, it was so much fun. And then, and then we found some pregnant salmon. Like the guy cut them open and there were all these balls in there. And David was like, what's that? He goes, oh, this one's pregnant. So those are eggs. He was going to swim back up. She, she was going to swim back up, up the stream and then lay those eggs. That's what the salmon do. They swim upstream, lay the eggs and kind of die. You get them on the way up, I think. Uh, or they go, then they try to go back down. To, I don't really know what their fucking migration shit is, but this one was pregnant. And so Dave was like, what, is that what caviar is? And the guy goes, yeah, it's caviar. And he goes, don't you eat caviar raw? They goes, sure, huh? And he takes a spoon out. He's from this boat, the guy who owned the woodshed. He just scoops them out and ate it. Because you guys want it? We're like, yeah, weird. And we said, we tried it. Fresh caviar from the belly of a salmon. From the belly of one. And, um, and then every time we caught a pregnant one, David was like, he's so into free shit he's so poor, or so was at least. Um, he just kept eating all the, all the caviar from the salmon. And then after about six or seven of those, I mean, we caught like 25 salmon. Um, I might be wrong. Maybe we caught like six or seven. Each. We, we, we split it up. So where we caught <coughs> our max that we were allowed per person, you know, let's say you're allowed six each per, per day. One of us caught eight. You just give one to somebody else. You give two to someone else. So if I have four, now I have six. So we caught our max. Uh, we took them back to the fucking marine base, uh, uh, vacuum sealed them, cut them open, vacuum sealed them, took them all back. He put us in ice force. What a great trip that was. Anyway, David, after he's six, five, six salmon in, pregnant salmon, eating all the caviar out, at some point it hits him. You're not supposed to fill up on caviar. Warm from the belly caviar. And he just starts getting super seasick. I mean, like nauseous. Man, good times. I don't think he barfed, but that was it. He was done fishing. God, that was fun, that fishing trip. Alaska's fun as fuck, you guys. Go to Alaska in the summer. For sure. It is goddamn beautiful. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shapiro's Captain Thank episode 265 is coming to a close. Thank you, Dan Soder, for, tuning, for uh, joining me for it. Thank you very much. Um, that was a lot of fun. I wish we had more time. He was on a press tour, so we didn't have more time. Probably could have come for another hour, hour and a half. Um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, don't forget, 11 p.m. this Saturday, not special on Comedy Central. Uh, set your DVRs and set your alarms, ladies and gentlemen. Ari Shapiro's Captain Tank, episode 265, Knife Fits in Alaska, with Dan Soda. Over and out. It sounds like a big storm rolling in It's gonna rock you like a hurricane 
It's gonna rock you till you lose sleep It's gonna rock you till you're out of a job It's gonna rock you till you're out on the street It's gonna rock you till you're down on your knees It's gonna have you begging pretty 